The future is now. Finding the NOSO has never been easier. Subscribe to us on our new YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, and bookmark the new home for No Holds Barred, The Jenny Position, Wrestling War Zone, and all your favorite NOSO podcasts at NorthSouthConnection.com. It's New Year, New NOSO, NorthSouthConnection.com. Talk Connection Podcast Network viewers and listeners. Welcome to Wrestling Warzone, a Monday Night Wars podcast retrospective series. I am JT, and as you can see, joining me as Eva is Chad. Chad, how are you? Good. Always feels like you're about to start the uh, Headbangers theme music when oh, with intro that, starts. With that yeah. Rolling, yeah. Yeah. With, after the Raw Sirens. Ooh, we'll be seeing them soon, huh? Yeah. Coming it's be early 90s. Can't wait. We can get the uh, old uh, Thrasher place well, like- bump. I feel like they're going to uh, step in for the smoking guns. They're like the guns of the 97, 98 stretch where they're just like on constantly is like the team. That's like pretty good, but not really that great. But like, they're kind of presented that way because they're on all the time and yeah. whatever. Um, Chaz is going to be on Aaron's uh, GWWE. Well, we're going to do shotgun, right? When that starts on here. So we'll catch the sisters yeah, of love of course, in early January. All the shows, right? All right. Yeah. I do have the the first six shotguns on tape, VHS somewhere, so we can like pull that out if you need it. Been yeah. uh, binging Master Shelf if we want to do live watches. <laughs> Crazy show. So watch the ship show. Was that beyond? Uh, oh, below, below deck. deck. Now below deck's great. Actually, yeah. legitimately great. Still Master in on that? Sh- Yeah. Oh yeah. All in on below deck. Uh, Master Shelf actually has a. Uh, I uh, didn't watch season 11 or season 12, so I've been catching up with that on Hulu. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of contestants uh, on MasterChef. They got a little horny uh, in season <laughs> oh, yeah. 11. Yeah. So there's a, contest- yeah, there's a contestant uh, named Autumn on season 11, and I did a little Google search, and mm-hmm. uh, I got more than I bargained for. Oh. You, uh, if you don't turn your uh, safe search filter off on my Autumn. Li- Mine lives on off. Autumn Master Shell Season Eleven. Uh, you'll track see. That. Should we pull a picture up live on, like we did? Yeah, uh, of the, just, of the pizza. Just <laughs> Google search it live. Let, on me, let me send that to uh, producer Tim. Yeah, we'll and, get, uh, on there. get that pulled up. Um, I always, I, I'm not gonna lie, I always got below decks mixed up with the, what is it, like the Star Trek cartoon or whatever. What's that one? Something deck too, isn't it? I, I don't know. What it, Scott oh. would always talk about that, and then I always think it's the below decks one. I'd get all confused. Yeah, what was it? It was uh oh god. Uh, I feel like I I'm like pretty now. with it, but there's so much stuff I just don't really know or get. Man, damn it! Lower decks. Lower decks. That's the name of. Something. Yeah, very different. 
Thank you. Not the same. <laughs> Jenny. Not the same yeah, this is uh, a bunch of drunk people. Uh, basically, won't 15 minutes of fame on TV. All right. So. Well, hey, Jersey Shore made a whole career out of that. So yeah, I mean, to me, this is the closest successor to Jersey Shore okay. season one because it feels, I mean, authentic's a key word, but right. this this in some ways feels. I, I like it. The reason I like Below Deck is you have these guests that come on like each episode, so they kind of become like cameos for that episode. Right, right. And and I mean, you know, like they know they're on camera, of course, so like they're they're giving it up. But you get more of those like real glimpses. Yeah. Where like Real Housewives is like, I mean, you might as well be giving the scripts at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jersey Shore. I mean, Jersey Shore is the same way. I still watch it, but yeah. Um. That was like a big decision point for them, right? After season one, like, do we stay with these same people, even though they're popular, yeah. or do you change it? Because the risk is if you bring new people and they're just going to try and be the old people, right? I mean, that's like the risk going into it. If you mix it up, it's never yeah. going to be the same. So it obviously worked out for them. I mean, they're still going and the new season starts. I don't know. By the time we're recording. This oh, my God. Started, but... I can't believe there's still this new season. What oh, season they, was Italy? Was that four? Yeah, but these aren't these are classified as new seasons because it's like a new show technically. It's Jersey Shore Family Vacation. So the original Jersey Shore ended with five seasons, I believe. And yeah. now Family Vacation is on five seasons. Actually, I think season six is the one that's starting. But so Family Vacation came back, right? Listen to that, you're gonna you're gonna laugh. All right, so it came back April fifth, twenty eighteen, right? So what's that? It'll be five years this year, like at yeah. the end of this next season coming up. At the end of season six, figure five years. You want to guess how many episodes have aired through the first five seasons? So the last, so season five ended on October twentieth of last year. So I'm guessing it's smaller, just from what you're saying. But I'll say fifty. Yeah, one hundred and twenty-nine. One hundred and twenty-nine. They've done one hundred and twenty-nine episodes since they've been back in twenty eighteen. Oh, it's the other way. They're going way long on these seasons. They go crazy. So let me see how many were in the original run. It's like the old Real Worlds, though. Like yeah. when Real World was really cranking out. Like, let me look at Real World season like uh, seven in Seattle. So I'm trying to see how many. So the original Jersey Shore run was seventy-one episodes. Jeez. They've almost doubled. They'll have, they'll have doubled it by sure for sure after this next season. I'm off on Real World. They only did like 20, 23 episodes a season. It feels like more. So season six, there were six of the original, not five. There. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, they're beefy seasons. And the crazy thing is, they do them. It's like a week vacation, and they get like fucking 30 episodes out of it it's like ridiculous like it's <laughs> every episode is like a day basically of the vacation mm -hmm. you know what i mean right. um or they'll split the season so a lot of them are like part one part two so like season five part one was 12 episodes part two was with the reunion was like 18 episodes so they like break them up but yeah these are like 28 episode seasons 29 episodes like it's they're just freaking churning them out Still hanging on. It's a moneymaker. You're like you're like my mom is still watching like Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll never give up on the shore. Yeah. Uh, until it's over. Until it's done. And, and it's or, pe or people that watch Raw every Monday night. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that too. <laughs> but it's really, it's really pedantic, Jersey Shore. Like of the say, 
of the 29 episodes of Jersey Shore, like maybe three at this point are like, oh shit, like something's happening. Like the mm-hmm. other ones are either hyping it or dealing with the fallout. Like mm-hmm. you can miss and it's not, you know, the first <laughs> season of Jersey Shore was like, you had to see, like it was can't miss oh. television. It was appointment oh. TV. You had to be there. It was amazing. Amazing oh. experience. Ronnie scurrying away from knocking that dude out <laughs> saying you had one shot. One shot, bro. Yeah. Top 10 reality TV. Oh, my God. I wish, like, social media was bigger for that first season. Like, Twitter had kind of just... I don't know, though. It ruined it. Because, like, cell phones were still a thing, but they weren't, like, everywhere. Like I know. But just, I, I wish I could, like, have seen the reaction to that live. Because it was so fucking insane. Like, yeah, but, like, yeah, if I you had... Like, in this world, like, every time they went out, somebody would be, like, live streaming. Right. Yeah. Oh, they don't do it now, though. Yeah, but I think it's just not in the... I mean, are you in the like? I've been in the corners. There's some. In no, the they Reddit go. They go to decent stuff. places. They were like in Vegas. They've been in San Diego, Miami. Like, yeah, but don't you think like they have such a big like outside parameter that? Oh, uh, maybe. I mean, like, they're going down the street on some stuff like to do. Yeah, but they, I don't think these guys are just like walking down the street, right? Yeah. <laughs> Marcus I mean, maybe they are. A, a famous point. Marcus gives us a famous, famous Ronnie quote. I don't like tests. That's why I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie, th- the show has dropped. It sucks. I, I think I like Ronnie as a person, but the show is worse when he's not on and in full like spiral meltdown mode. Those are the best seasons. Even Family Vacation, the best stuff is with him. And they have Angelina now back full time, wow. who they try and make like the punching bag. Uh, hello. Yeah. Right. So, but. The best stuff was always with with Ronnie. He was just like iconic. He's he's one of the greatest. And when you think of Jersey Shore, you always think like Snooky and Paulie and Jay Wow situation. But Ronnie is like the key of that show. That show is not as good as it would have been without him being a fucking maniac in all those seasons. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say him. Madness. I'd say him situation and Snooky are the three biggest. Well, I don't know, DJ. Paul well, Paulie D's the biggest huge. star. Yeah. Like, Over situation? I mean, maybe now, but not when it happened. Oh, not when it happened. I would say he was like fourth or fifth when it happened. Now, post the first run of the show, he's easily like the biggest star. I mean, he he packs like massive nightclubs and stuff and makes a shitload of money living off of that. Because he realized it was a game right away. Like mm-hmm. season one, he's completely different than any other season. In season one, he's like he's like the rest of them. He's an asshole mm-hmm. and everything else. And you could tell he was either smart enough or someone got in his ear and he's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I can make this into something and like now i mean he just like by starting season two he became like the the pacifist of the show like he, he rarely gets into any bullshit yeah and you could tell like he knew he could like make something of it and yeah marcus is right vinny's been a star through endurance like he just keeps fucking hanging around and i think through being buddy buddy with paulie like you got the dating show out of it they just a chippendales he's got the keto oh thing God. so the keto, sammy's not keto. on it right no, she never came back. She's never right. been on any family vacation episode. She's the only one that never returned in one way or another. Dina. Dina's always on. Yeah, she's she's a mainstay. Snooky left for a couple. She's back. Um, but yeah, no, Sammy. I think Sammy knew it was like unhealthy to be be around Ron. So she Sammy sweetheart. Yeah, I always feel bad for Sammy. She was like the Larry David of that, for, that original run. Like, like even when she was right, she was wrong. Like she just couldn't get out of her own way all the time. You know. Yeah. Anyway, all right, that's the Jersey Shore update. Let's dive into the show here. Uh, we're going to start with the December 2nd, 1996 Raw. Before we do that, though, Chad, any news or notes you wanted to hit on? Yeah, so this is a – I got the Observer. It's a very 
It's a very pretentious observer. It's the December this, one, this one's more. Even I would more say this is even okay. more than usual. Right. Yeah, right. like I, you know, Meltzer's a pretty good punching bag around our chats, and I sometimes feel like I'm a little bit of a Davy truther, but uh, this one's pretty bad. We talked about it last week, though. He has the final poll results for World War Three. It's amazing yep. how bad the reception was for that show. So thumbs up was 26 votes. And also, like, the low numbers. Like, right. he has 142 total votes, which is crazy. Uh, 26 thumbs up, 101 thumbs down, 15 thumbs in the middle. So, overwhelmingly Jeez. thumbs down. The worst match poll I thought was even more interesting, where 44 actually said the Battle Royal, uh, 24 said the Triangle Tag Team Match, and 16 said Jericho versus Patrick. So, French Canadians versus Harlem Heat didn't even yeah. enter. Um, and then in the actual Observer, he talks a lot about UFC and Ultimate Fighting, which you can guess. Uh, fighting uh, Samurai TV debuted in Japan. That's a nice like shout out. But uh, one thing that was funny was there was an article. Where was it? Was it in TV Guide? Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I think it was in TV Guide. I wanted to read this because this shows how like how much we changed, right? Hmm. All right, here we go. Certainly the most read and most talked about article this past week with Joe, was Joe Quinden's or, uh, column, Average Joe, in the 11.30 through 12.6 TV guide. The article called Get a Grip was about the Monday Night Wrestling Wars. It was a largely critical article, mainly of Milton Bradley and Nintendo for sponsoring either Raw and or Nitro. Queenan called Monday Night Wrestling the creepiest, most unnerving, least scientifically explainable, most downright bizarre television programming of all. Luckily for Queenan, the night he decided to investigate pro wrestling was the night the WWF gave him more ammunition for his thesis than he would ever need the Pillman Austin of angle course. at Pillman's house. Uh, but yeah, so like that's it's that's one of those things where it's weird. Like at the end, he says he concluded that the two pro wrestling shows supplied the most sadistic, stoning, turning, gross, psychologically discombobulating programming on television today. So we're kind of getting out of this, right? But it's still funny how like yeah. I mean, this is our age of thing, right? That we oh, talked yeah. about uh, off camera, where like. You know, growing up as a wrestling fan, you had this from mm -hmm. like, you know, well-adjusted adults that this right. was low-brow programming. Yeah. And if you like this, you know, it's, it's, it's the same. Good. You know, it's, it's I mean, it's the same like Colin Cowherd line. Like, right. if you like wrestling, you're eating boogers in your mom's basement, like all this crap. You still hear very quick, like remnants of it today, but it was right. more prominent. Well, I, think, I think today a lot of adults are kids that watch right it. yeah right. so it's like it was just when we were kids adults that watch it was radically different yeah right it was like more legit right like bruno and those like so that it was it was a very different what we grew up with is not far removed um at all from like what we're doing now mm -hmm. uh it's funny because too because we're getting close to the period where it's not looked at as like for kids or stupid or fake nope we're getting to the three to five year stretch where it becomes trashy. It's, you know, violent. It's like, you know, like that's what we'll start to hear. Right. When all the idiots start going in on the, especially when Undertaker puts Austin on the symbol, like that's like a big lightning rod one. Right. Yeah. So and we'll get yeah. there, but it was a Bob Ryder used to do those stupid notes every week and <laughs> yeah, he, he ripped Madden. on that one big time. 
Yeah, Madden. And uh, who's the friggin' why am I drawing a blank? Who's the joke idiot from uh, My uh Phil, uh, what's his name? Schneider. <laughs> no, he's okay. The guy from uh, the New York Times or whatever. The frig was his name? Oh, Phil Mushnick. Mushnick, Mushnick. Yeah, New he's York, the big one that rallies uh, against him. Post. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, uh, quick, yeah, quick, some WWF uh, quick hits. Ahmed yep. Johnson will be programmed with Goldust to give him wins on his return. Okay. So Before the plays fruit. out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then he talks about like the Germany tour, <laughs> blast off and live wire ratings, uh, Baracus has debuted yes. on the tour. So Baracus. we'll be on the lookout for that. And uh, talks about like Mel Mascaris maybe in the Royal Rumble and Kurt Henning. Uh, they had to retape his Karate Fighters match <laughs> after he left. So. <laughs> Imagine how mad Vince was that they had to spend the money to go back in the freaking karate fighter studios. God damn it, Kurt. King Tide, get in there. He's like, can you just hang on, Kurt, a few more weeks and we brought off the tournament? So that, that was it. The uh Das Brockis. Uh, I don't I don't think we see him. I don't think he's on TV to like 98. I don't like, I don't feel like for a while, yeah. He he ends up in ECW for a while. Not for a while. I think it's like a cup of coffee. Um He's in the Brawl for All. I don't know. They do all those stupid vignettes for him. As Norman as Brockis. <laughs> like all that stuff. Um, but he, uh, to me, the most infamous moment is him. He's at the, the Hart family dinner table and wrestling with shadows for no reason. He's just like, he, yeah, loves, loves a good Hart family dinner, Brockis does. Um, all right. So December 2nd, we're still in New Haven. Yep. And uh, we open up cold in the arena with our opening match. Flash Funk taking on the goon. A uh, hot, hot opener here on the third. Was it the what third week of this taping? Third so one taping. more. Hit. Gee, yeah. It's very stale. Very stale. I can't like. We've been watch, watching this now for what since September '95, and we are still in this stale ass pre-taped. Like, I mean, yeah, it's been the um, same thing month after month for 14, 15 months. It's like we get one hot show, and then three burners toward the end, and that's it. You know? Yeah, I think. We talked about it like between Buried Alive and Survivor Series. They had the Austin Pillman stuff, right? Which was off arena, so mm -hmm. that helped. I mean, that show was nothing in ring, it right. was all so, but but that kind of elevated it. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to this show. I uh, and I feel like the one hot month we had was, was uh Seattle. Yep. And that got all screwed up because of the injuries. Like the Battle Royal, and it was supposed to be Ahmed and Sean. Like, remember all that? And then that got all screwed up. It was like, the one time I feel like they actually built a pretty good taping up was that one. They got all they got all left. I was very disappointed time. in the show, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I thought we might have one of these turds come rolling back out, but I was hopeful well, that I mean, it wouldn't we know. be as bad. We know there's going to be some shaky stuff because... They bought him out, right? I mean, that's when Russo and whoever they finally step up. It's still better than it was. Like yeah. it's going to be into January because the they're gonna have a lot of time to build to the rumble and it's pretty good stuff. But it's like they still were struggling, and that's why they make the radical changes they make. Yeah. We're almost there. <laughs> almost there. That's so almost bad. There. This was a bad show. Bad well, show, y'all. If Flash Funk of the Goon doesn't get you hyped, uh Vince welcomes us in, we dip out, we get the full entrance. Uh, Vince is trying to get King to shake his booty. King uh, Vince is singing the Flash Funk song. I mean, Goon attacks at the bell, goes right to a fucking chin lock. And I'm like, already. Um, <laughs> you know, Funk hits a pretty good twisting sunset flip. Goon's working the arm. 
we hear that Shawn Michaels is going to be in the studio. He's going to give an apology about something tonight. Uh, Goon hits the post. Funk comes back with a twisting leg drop, goes to the arm. Uh, Vince lets us know that Tiny Tim has passed away. We'll get a tribute later. King is cracking jokes. In this weird world of WF universe, <laughs> freaking Tiny Tim is a player. He's been around a couple times, so uh, it's it's notable, I guess. Funk gets an enziguri, misses a moonsault. Goon comes back, but Funk gets a back suplex and drops the bomb for the win. It's the same Funk stuff we've seen. Like he looks great in his high spots, but he's just it's just way too much Goon offense. Like way too much. This should have been a hot sprint squash. Or give us a better opponent if he's going to sell this much. Like, give us someone with more of a name. Um, he just gave way too much to the freaking goon. Like, at least give us Sal sincere. You know, like, like whatever. At least Sal's <laughs> kind of been a little God. more established. Uh, I love each and every one of you. Oh, man. He um, was Sal sincere. I went to it a quarter for the high spot. <laughs> funk, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you grabbed my notes. My last note says Funk's high spots were nice, but way too long. It's, yeah. it's what it is. Like, he does some cool stuff in here, but it's like 30 seconds of cool stuff and then six minutes of lame goon offense, which, I mean, yeah. he sucked in the 80s. Like, Irwin's right. not a good worker, I don't think. Um, this should have been on superstars. Yeah. Uh, none of goon's offense looked effective. King... Just go, uh, well, I was going to say Cassidy, but that's that's coming up at the pay-per-view, so they couldn't do yeah. that. I, I don't know, I'm trying <laughs> to even to think... save that for the big show. I mean, I don't know. Like, they don't have. Who's even around, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like you feel like they could have pegged more people from like the lower ranks. Like we talked about, they brought in all these veterans, and in some ways that helped. But I mean, I think the goons the worst of those. Even like of yeah. the T.L. Hopper, Freddie Joe Floyd group. I I, I say the goons. Oh, the use those AAA guys. I've been hyping them up a little bit. Bring them <laughs> yeah, in. Bring them in. Uh, I did Sean. When they show him in the studio, he gives like this wimpy wave. Sucks. <laughs> Lame. Uh, King, when they talk about the main event, he asks if Roberts is going to be sober, of course. <laughs> Still on that. It's just like, like, even in the middle of the match, like it looks like Font's going to go on offense, and then Goon gets a big boot. And uh, Vince calls the insiguri from Funk a what a maneuver. It was this was just like bad commentary, right. uh, a regression. Like I don't, you can't come out of this. It's bad booking. You just can't come out of this being too impressed with Funk no. because his high spots are dynamic. But the way the match was worked, he almost had to luck into the victory. Like that's what it looks like. It had like, to be just, someone. I'm trying to even think like ECW. Like there had to be someone they could have brought with him. And signed like just to be able to freaking wrestle this guy. Yeah. I mean, I, did they have the working relationship yet? Like, I don't know if that was quite a thing, but like, there had to be someone they could call up and put in here. Like, it's just, I mean, it's kind of wild they didn't make a real run at Van Dam, like either, right? Either company when yeah. you really think about it. But, um, he might have kept rebuffing them. I don't, I mean, who knows? Maybe, um, you're talking, I mean, they had to have pushed for him, they had to, yes. I, I don't know, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, like just the way the matches work, like it almost feels like, well, Funk just got to the top rope, flipped around, and somehow made a leg drop and got the victory. Like it's right, it sucks. Starting three quarters. All right, we get a quick clip from the tour of London. Uh, we see that Steve Austin was beating down Psycho Sid, and we cut to a locker room where Austin said he had Sid right where he wanted him, right in the middle of the ring. Uh, <laughs> chaos broke loose, and Vince says we'll see more later from the yeah. London footage. I, I like when they do this stuff because it at least shows that like stuff is happening on these other shows. And that's actually when they're at their best is when they're like 
you almost wonder if Raw should have turned into a friggin' like highlight show of some sort. Was Not full of, highlights, yeah. but like maybe one or two live matches. And if they're gonna do these tape shits, like maybe the first one of the taping is all live and then more and more cut in as we go doing live stuff from house shows. We're live in this town tonight, cutting in. Like that seems to be what some of the best stuff that they do. Yeah. I mean, the stuff from London to me was clearly the best stuff on right. this show. Yeah. It's a low bar, but it was right. That could have worked. I mean, it worked for the Austin film is like do some studio stuff. I guess they try and do it here with Sean. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, we go back to the ring as, Oh, uh, did you yeah. get that Royal rumble ad? I had that after this. Which one was that? Oh, is that Adam and George? Are they showing up yet for you? Yes. So lame. Oh, my God. These two schmucks. Oh, you'll see a lot of them. In the Alamo Dome. It's going to be me and you. Seven weeks out. Like, we'd have to be sitting there now. Um, It's so lame. Like, oh, don't go to the bathroom. We don't want to miss the seat. It's like, (laughs) oh, just. Like, there's not 15 Spurs games between when that was filmed and when the show was happening and like if you know the history of the show like if you're smart right. to it like they didn't just pretty much open the front doors and invite anybody in right uh at the end of the day but still like it's just a lame like yeah i mean you're well, you're moving a lot more... of them oh i think they're every week i think they're actually at the show <laughs> like, i think that's i've the forgotten the i'd forgotten how bad that was, it was they bad. were like i think they were just like like tech guys like I, I, george was um <laughs> I think he used to be a mania with Todd. He was like the PA on Todd. Like he was like a character on that show a little bit. I think they're both like production guys or whatever. Pull them out for this. Um, All right, back to the ring. Uh, You kind of jinxed it last week. You said we hadn't. Razor Diesel were gone, but uh, Diesel's here. Uh, He's out to face Phineas Godwin. Is this a match right out of your nightmares? (laughs) Not a great parent when they came out of the curtain. Didn't have high hopes. Diesel comes out. JR is in the booth now. He starts roasting Vince right away. He admits mm-hmm. he's in a mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, JR says Diesel and Razor will be the next tag team champions, especially if they get some leadership. And Vince basically says, hey, you could be the man. And this is where we get the Rumble ad. So it was after Diesel came out. But mm-hmm. um, the Adam and George, our first one. Uh, we also go back to 1993. We get those clips of Tiny Tim uh, being on the King's Court. So we kind of revisit that after he passed away. Phineas comes out with Hillbilly Jim. They're dancing. I mean, Diesel's just mauling him. King is working in Tiny Tim jokes. We get a side slam. JR's gushing over Diesel. Uh, you know, JR's adamant. Bulldog and Owen aren't on the same page. We saw that last week. They're in big trouble at In Your House. Razor and Diesel are young. They're primed. Phineas tries to come back with some right hands. Uh, Razor stalks back uh, on him. Um, I'm sorry. Razor stalks to the ring. Roots on his partner. Phineas goes for a slop chop. Razor distracts him. Uh, but he lets go of it. And JR calls Phineas an idiot and a buffoon, and buffoon. Diesel finishes with a uh, deadlift jackknife. He really kind of, uh, I, I didn't think Phineas helped him at all, really. No. <laughs> kind of deadlift him up, which looked no. impressive. Uh, but whatever. I mean, Diesel's offense was okay, I guess. The squash, this is the squash we needed from Funk. We didn't get it. Um, Ross always simulating Phineas is funny. And I mean, Diesel and Razor, I guess it's like a little better that there's guys on the show instead of invaders. But they should have just eschewed the gimmicks by this point. They should have said, hey, we did that to get your attention. Here's who we really are, right? Like, and just done that. And they would have been fine. It's like, this is like stupid now that we're still doing this. But I want to start in a quarter. I mean, uh, start half, start half. Uh, star? I thought this was an awful match. Um, I, I don't know what we've seen on these shows that uh, allowed Diesel and Razor to get a tag team 
title shot. Maybe on superstars they've been running through, but hadn't looked too impressive on Raw from what we've seen, and they've been gone for a while. Yeah. So now that they're all of a sudden getting a title shot, yeah, number one contenders. How are Furnace and Lafon not the number one contenders? That's exactly. Right. They were. They, they mean, beat it's, Owen it's, and Bulldog at Survivor Series. I mean, so that's, dumb. Yeah, so but, dumb. This this show sucks. Like the the booking was just terrible. Well, I wonder if something this. happened with Furnace and Lafon because I don't. I'm trying to think of time ahead. I don't know if they're at the Rumble. We don't. I, we see them in your house uh, at Final Four. Yeah, they're at Final Four. Um, so maybe they got hurt or something right away. Maybe. Or I don't know. Yeah. It's just like last week you did so good, like doing that Shades of Grey booking. And now it's like right. all of a sudden Ross is a full heel pretty much again, like yelling right. at Vince. Diesel's out here. I did like Ross calling Phineas a buffoon because yeah. he is, but but then uh, like that jackknife, like you talked about, like Vince says, Oh, I don't know if Diesel can get him up. I mean, he barely does, right? Because like Phineas, Phineas not help him at all. Yeah, yeah, it's like, Well, way to call out that he's about to hit this hideous looking jackknife because he does. Um, so I wasn't, I mean, I didn't think any of this was impressive. I can't fathom anybody being excited for. Razor and Diesel versus Owen and Bulldog, especially right. with what's going on with and, and Owen you, and Bulldog. I mean, why not do say like? I mean, you can almost have said like, all right, we're going to do Owen and Bulldog right. versus Austin and a partner, and then said like Austin says, well, I don't need a partner, and do like right. a handicap match. Like well, you know, I don't. And trust if you look anybody. at that card, they're pretty much shelling it on Brett, Brett and Sid. Yeah. Because you got Taker Executioner. I mean, he's not losing that. You got this. You got Mero Helmsley, which is like, all right, we've seen it. And then Funk Cassidy. I don't know if that's even been announced, but it's like they're selling it. So I don't think they give a shit. I think no. it's like they're just filling a gap. But Brett Sid is like, I think they're banking on it to draw. And I think they're using the fact that Austin could get involved in this match as like the hook for that. And that's it. Like more than Diesel and Razor. I think it's that Austin will, will or could get involved. Uh, but otherwise, they're not selling the show on that. I, I, don't know I mean, we talked about how much they punted mind games. Right. I think besides mind games, and it, it may even contend with mind games, this is the most they punted a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, I think there's no. December doesn't draw. They didn't have anything set really for it. And, and now they're going to have like six weeks to build to the Rumble. So I think that was their plan. And Sean's doing his break. So it's like, you know, you're going to have him on the show at this point. Like you couldn't throw him out there. Like he needed the rest of the Rumble. I mean, he... you almost could do like, I know they wanted to. And and we talked about this in Survivor Series, right? Like I didn't know they did Undertaker Mankind No Holds Barred on mm -hmm. the fourth, fourth week of this taping series. Right. So at Survivor Series, they really should have done Executioner versus Taker, yeah. and then done No Holes Barred, Mankind versus and sold Taker. It on that and everybody Brett's banned dead. from ringside or something yeah. like that, and then just put them apart for a while, like right. a few months. If, Which but, they do. They do after that, man. Yeah. They do it on that Raw instead, for whatever reason, yep. on a taped Raw. Maybe they figured more people would watch that Raw than the pay-per-view, so they said, fuck it's it. It's an easy, easy fix. Um yeah, Brett said, like, it's really just on name value alone because right. their interaction's been limited, too. We get a little bit right. coming up, but it's not a heated moment. And you got, <laughs> I mean, Sean's basically saying, like, I want to face Sid. Like, I mean, they're right. building the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So. It's actually weird that they even put Brett in that spot. Like, I'm, uh -huh. I guess they needed someone for that. Like, I don't know who else Sid could have fought, but 
it, if it he hadn't like beat Vader, you probably could have rolled him out and made like, him well, a sacrificial. I, yeah. I think he's, he might still be hurt. I don't know if he's even healthy. I don't, I don't know by that point what he's got going on. So bad. I mean, you could have done mankind. You could do Sid mankind. <laughs> well, you know what they were doing on the house show loop. I don't know if you want to roll it out on pay per view, but they were doing Sid Old versus us. Farouk. Oh. Sid versus Farouk. So. No, I think they were saving Farouk on TV. <laughs> Um, all right, so we go to the studio. Shawn Michaels is here via satellite. Vince says it's the opportunity Sean asked for. He gives it over to him. Sean apologizes for not being defensive enough last week. We get clips of Survivor Series or Vince talks about Sid's actions. Sean has no issues with humiliation or Sid using the camera on him, but the big problem he has is Sid using the camera on Jose Lothario. His emotions got him last week, but that's how he rolls. Vince says when Sean has his emotions in control, he's at his best. But Sean says the fans cheering Sid at MSG are the same fans cheering his charisma and flamboyance, and he always delivers the best match possible. He takes risks like nobody else, and he's the man's man. Vince asks him about the rematch at the Royal Rumble. Sean vows to come through, and he's honest. He tells the truth. There's not ashamed of his skeletons. If that means he's a bad role model, then so be it. Some people don't like his hair, his tattoos, or his piercings, but they should try and bring their skeletons to the ring like he does. They'll see him become Mr. Emotional. When he becomes a world champion at Royal Rumble, he'll continue to tell the truth and not be ashamed of who he is, and he's proud of it. Again, this is like a weird approach. It's so it's trying so hard to justify what Sean has become. Like, oh, he's a tr- what a true man he is. It just feels forced, like he's out here trying to show us, like he's he's emotional and he's flamboyant and he's hated, and this is who I am, and like he just keeps saying it over and over, like trying to get yeah. us to believe it, where it doesn't feel natural. It's just like. Now we've had like two, two or three straight weeks of him saying the same thing. Like this is, this is who I am. This is what I am. I know you don't like it, but this is what I am. Like it's all right. We get it. Like we know. Like you're crazy and emotional and all this yeah. stuff. And inauthentic. That's the key word. Like yeah. he doesn't feel like an authentic character. It's the um, same shit we said about Hogan in early '96. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was like it, it, him and Savage, right? Savage felt real, and Hogan felt forced and fake and it's the same thing here where sean feels forced and fake and then you got brett and austin who feel real like next to him right like they feel like they're yeah. just being real people whereas this guy just feels like he doesn't know what he is and he's forcing it yeah it's it, i mean i didn't think i actually thought this was the worst interview than the one he did last week he kind of was even more goofy and lame on this right. one uh he said he had his belly pierced i'd kind of forgotten that was that yeah. that uh, um, how common was that at that around, time? Around I your neck, was a, for yeah, I, I think it was a thing in the mid 90s. Okay, navel piercing, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a lot of I, I don't know, like you're a little bit older than me, so I didn't know if like in high school, like guys, yeah, I, it was girls. definitely a thing in high school. Okay, I know there was a lot of girls that had their navel piercing. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, it was more girls than guys, but they were, they were definitely okay, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, like he, he used that. He was like, I don't care. You know, when he ran through, he's like, I've, yeah, I've got my yeah. ears pierced and navel, uh, belly button pierced. I was like, what? <laughs> like, okay. I mean, at the time, that shit Do you was have a Prince more... Albert, Sean? Like, how, how, how I mean, at the going? time, that, that was more um, frowned upon. Like, I, I, he's not wrong. It just sounds uh, stupid. <laughs> sounds forced. I do not. Well, they're still it. trying. Like their desired result is he's gonna get cheered, right? And 
It's going to have to be based on his in-ring performance, not what we're seeing. They should have probably just given him these weeks off. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. If you're going to hard reset him, let him go away for a moment. You Bring him back went after back. time. Yeah, you could have even went back to the roots and seen him like basically a WrestleMania 12. I mean, this is just, this is a bad time. Like we talked about it last episode. This is a bad, bad period of Sean. And I thought he might, I mean, like, I think you remember the reaction against the Survivor Series. And then the next thing you remember is like Royal Rumble, him winning. I mean, it's hometown, but it feels a little fabricated. He's bad, and then he loses a smile. So it's like, wow. He doesn't get it back until he comes back and does the tag with Austin and May. Like I I think he's off until then. Um, I I don't remember him much. I don't remember much of his stuff between Rumble and and Lowell. So we'll see. But um, I don't know. All right, back to where we go as Jesse James, the real Double J, takes on your boy, Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Double J sings his way out. Bradshaw yeah. and Zebekaya come out. King compares uh, Jim Cornette and Jim Ross to Beavis and Butthead for some reason. The Hawk starts kind of clubbing away. James comes back to trade in fist. Um, King says James' new CD is called Music for Morons. And Vince says he has a Christmas <laughs> tune coming out. I don't know if we ever hear the song. We keep hearing about it, but... Uh, Vince also reveals next week we got Undertaker versus Mankind, no holes barred. Pretty big match for Ross. We're closing. It. We started the taping hot. We're going to close it hot. Uh, the Hawk comes back with some right hands, tries a suplex, uh, gets a swinging neck breaker for two. Vince talks about the European and Dubai tour that are wrapping up. James blocks a back suplex, runs into a boot. This is kind of back and forth. Uh, Double J ends up hitting an Elvis dance into a clothesline, hits a running knee. Zeb. Uh, Nails Zeb, goes out after him. Back inside, Zeb hooks James's leg, and and the Hawk wrecks him with a lariat for the win, and they brand him. Uh, this was plotting outside of some Bradshaw power spots. Uh, James's offense is so bland and simple; like he seems lost at times out there. I mean, he's he's got some experience, but he wrestles like he's completely green. Um, it's hard to get into him. Uh, Bradshaw needs to do something. I mean, he's literally been doing the same shit since he showed up in March. Like he, yep. I guess this is at least kind of a feud, but he, he's had these weird little one-offs like he had the Savio one and whatever else, but he doesn't do anything of note. What's his goals. Is he going, he gets no IC title matches. Like he should be working towards something. Like he could have been someone that fought Merrow on a pay-per-view to fill a spot, like, yep. you know, like, like something yep. like that. So I went two stars, but it's, it was pretty just basic, basic stuff. Spend my day working hard on the go. But the hands on the clock keep spinning too That's why I felt during this match. It's spinning very slow. <laughs> that hurt. The, the minutes on the counter went very slow. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in a while. So yep. he came out. We hadn't seen either of these guys in too no. long. Uh, I was a little excited to see Bradshaw. I thought this was one of his worst efforts in a while, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, spinning but, wheels. I mean, like what? Yeah. It is true. Uh, Zebakaya, by the way, like, God bless Mantel, like, to get paid to do, I mean, nothing. Like, he went to the same shit friggin' 15 years after this when he's with Jack Swagger and Del Rio. I mean, (laughs) still doing nothing to get paid. This guy went to this taping, was out there for what, six minutes. Thank you very much. You know, gone. Great. I mean, oh, but yeah, I mean, this was all just like back and forth punches, kicks. Uh, there was a good swinging net breaker in the middle of it. But uh, James 
making his comeback. I don't know. It was, it just wasn't very fiery. Zebekiah grabbing his leg, but that's not too inspiring. And uh, I, I was surprised that Hulk got the pin here. Like, that was no, a I surprise wasn't. for me. James, they're already out on him. You can tell. I mean, you can see why he ends up being a tag guy, right? I, I mean, they just... should be out on Razor and Diesel and they're getting a tag <laughs> title shot at a pay-per-view. <laughs> They've had more build. I mean, James, oh, I guess James mm-hmm. had all those freaking interviews. But yeah, Him yeah. And Jim Johnston. I mean, we're going to Bradshaw's going to transition soon. Like, I think it's it's I think it's soon. I think it's like January, February. They they changes up. So, OK, I went two stars, too. Yeah, it was okay. just whatever. Uh, all right, Karate Fighters tournament time, uh, semifinal action. Todd said it was supposed to be Sid versus Mr. Perfect, but Sid has been replaced by Jerry the King Lawler because he's the WWF champion. He only shows up when he wants to. And Todd then says, well, Hunter Hearst Helmsley got the better of Mr. Perfect, and he no longer wants to show his face around here, so he's out too. So Todd Pengill takes his spot. We even get a baby whining. Sound yeah, a baby crying while they're doing Full so burial whiny. for Perfect. Oh, Full my God. Burial. Uh, it's like me, Barry, and Josh Richard back in 1998. <laughs> this, was, this was, I mean, there was a lot of burials on both shows tonight. Yeah. Um, that was a big one to me. This was the lamest, though, with the with me because, because I mean, it's Pat Gill, right? Like, right, but he's a badass. Like, so, Todd, uh, he fights King, King wins. It's quick. They just at the desk. Uh, so next week we get our finals. Finally, it'll be a special Karate Fighters Monday. Will be our championship yeah. game, um, and it'll be King taking on Sable in the final. So I think it's funny that they didn't. Obviously, they had a like you said, like Melser said, they had to refilm this thing. So they yeah. were just in the studio. So they weren't going to fly sit in for this shit. So I'm curious if I guess you think Perfect One. Who do you think won won the original battle? Uh, yeah, I would perfect guess Sable, probably, probably Perfect right? One. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think they would have done Sid Sable in the final. Because then you could have done the whole thing with like Perfect and Sable. They were in the feud. Hypothetically, right. would have been in the feud together. So yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, that's true. I'm guessing if Sid won, they would have just aired it. Is my is my guess? They would have said fuck it and just aired just to bury Perfect more. Oh, he yeah. lost this too. We you know like so Perfect yeah. had to have won, or else they wouldn't have. I don't think they would have aired. <laughs> wouldn't have done this. But oh, you're right. Yeah, God. Sable Perfect makes sense since they would have been. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, all right, let's get to highlights from Raw last week. We see the end of the. Bret Hart Owen Hart match with Steve Austin's antics. British Bulldog makes a save. We then go to London where Austin hits Sid with the WF title in the ring. He attacks him until British Bulldog comes out and he attacks Austin. Sid gets disqualified due to Bulldog. So uh, he attacks him, but Brett comes in and actually saves Bulldog. Brett and Sid then have a stare down. Austin attacks Brett and Sid plants Brett with a choke slam. We then go to the locker room where Austin's there. He said he had Sid beat and the chaos broke out. Uh, Bulldog then cuts in and says he was, wasn't there to help Sid or Brett. He was just out to get Austin. Owen comes in. He says not to worry about Austin or Brett. They just need to focus on the tag title match in your house to keep their belts. And Bulldog vows he'll see Austin later. Owen says stop worrying about Austin. We then go over to Brett. He says he returned the favor to Bulldog. And we'll see Austin down the road. But he cares most about Psycho Sid right now. Sid says everyone is sticking their nose in his business. Brett and Bulldog have no place there. But when you stick your nose in Sid's business, you get the champion, the man, the master and the ruler of the world. Now, this I liked. It was good. It was organic and hyped up in your house in one fell swoop. We had the tag title hyped. We had Sid and Brett hyped. We had Austin knowing he could create chaos at any time. That's put in there. Um, we have Shades of Grey. Is Brett helping Bulldog? Yeah, okay, he only did it because Bulldog helped him. So, like, there's some nice things at play. And, and this felt very ECW 
Pulp Fiction gritty style to me. Like these guys mm. are just a, a steady, a handy cam in the locker room, shooting footage. This is what I want to see more of. Like, let's go live to Madison, Wisconsin for the house show tonight. Let's hear what Austin's got going on. Right. Like give us more of that. And th- that's what I meant. Like more of a, not a clip show, but mm-hmm. like what ECW does. I mean, look at their TV. That shit's a month old too. And every one of those feels fresh, right? Like they're showing matches that they had already taped, but they're cutting in live promos and interviews on the fly and breaking news. Like that's what Raw should have become during this time. If they wanted to stick to this schedule and they just, they do little, you know, bits of it. But to me, that felt way, that was the coolest thing in the episode. I thought it was really well done. And of course it's got all the top guys that like, we keep talking about, okay, the top of the card is suddenly exciting. You know, here's four of the guys in the mix and, and plus Bulldog and Owen in there too. Yeah. I mean, that's probably redeemed the show to me from being maybe my least favorite raw we've watched, honestly. Like, um, I I thought it was well done. I I like the interspersing of everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting because I don't, I don't know. Like we talked about how lame Sean is and, Again, like you have the thing that happens where like Brett and Austin at Mania is like the best match in company history. But like the way it's building now, Brett and Sean and then Austin uh, Bulldog feels very hot. Like if they could do both of those matches and build to them effectively um, or even like a and then I I guess you still could do Sid Taker, right? But um, yeah. yeah, why not? You can do Sid I mean, Taker, Brett. You know, Brett Sean doesn't need the belt. I, I mean, that there's like juice there if you want to do it non-belt, and it's you can still go Sid Taker for the belt. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's, do it's, Sid it's... Taker for the belt. Brett Sean in a rematch from WrestleMania to prove who's the better man, number one contender match, and then Austin Bulldog because it's building that way. Or, I mean, you know, Pillman. I don't think he was gonna be ready in time, but like, could you do Austin mm-hmm. Pillman, Owen Bulldog? Right, he's not gonna be ready. So, I mean. You could do an unholy alliance with Austin Invader or Austin a man he recruits mankind to face Bulldog and Owen or something if you wanted to do that. Yeah, I think Owen overall has been very good, like with his tone of like trying to yeah. keep everything together. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's not campy. It's it's been right. very well done. Yeah, he knows the titles are in the balance. Like if yeah. Bulldog's not focused, like they could it's lose a, it anytime. A good segment. Yeah. That's definitely the highlight of the night. I mean, the Brett Sid stuff still secondary. So, like, as far right. as just for its time, it's whatever. But for yeah. I think for long term booking, this was easily the best stuff. All right, main event time. Uh, we have Jake the Snake Roberts and Mark Merrow taking on Hunter Sumsley and Billy Gunn. If you remember, this was uh, played off of last week's show. Uh, interesting, I guess. Merrow, Jake, and Sable get out there. King is already hitting the drunk jokes at ringside. Gunn's got his newer look. He's got the black duster with the hat and the, the vest on. So trying to mix it up. We saw that last week as well. Get some stalling early. We get the usual Jake trying to DDT. Billy bails out. We hear from Jesse James backstage. He's not happy about the interference. And next week, he wants a handicap match against Bradshaw and Zebekiah because he wants revenge. So we'll see if we get that. Um, Hunter's in there. Jake is working him over. Gun takes, uh, charges Mero. Mero takes him down. Vince runs through the hole in your house card. We get a lot of arm work from Jake and Mero. Uh, King says Jake looks like Tiny Tim as Mero gets a two on a back batting drop. Um, Hunter shoots Jake hard to the corner, tags Gun. So now they start to take over. We get a full metal CD ad, which, God, I played the hell out of that CD <laughs> as a kid. I could not wait for that to come out. I, I, as a kid, I wanted nothing more 
than a CD of all the wrestling songs. Like I, I had my mom call DODF headquarters to see if they could make me a cassette or something of like all the theme songs. <laughs> um, because I used to be in the fan club and the fan club, they would send you a cassette with like six themes. So for three years, I was in the fan club. I'd get a cassette tape that had like six theme songs in perfect quality. Um, and I just lived off of those. And then they finally released full metal, which was, have you looked at the listing on this? Let me Is see that right. Full metal, the album. Yeah. So I had gold dust. I know that Vader. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they had Austin yet on there. Was he? No, it's, it's like, what I'm looking at is that the, can't be right then. Oh, WWF Champions, the album Full no. Metal Edition. Yeah, no, that's different. Where... You need you need Full Metal, the album, 1996 release. Yeah, but it has like that's... a lot of 1995 guys. Yeah, like one, two, three, kid. Is yeah, he's on there. On? Hunter's on there. Team I know that. Mabel. Yep. It's terrible. This is it. Yeah. Uh, Diesel Blues, King Mabel, One Two Three Kid, Golda, Smoking Gun, Psycho Sid, Razor Ramon, Bret Hart, The uh, Heart Attack, Hakushi, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and With My Baby Tonight. Oh yeah, I love that. I played the shit out of it. <laughs> they uh, you didn't have it. There was no other way to get these songs. They, they like, could have rushed that to production a little bit more though. Like let's see, like, like all ninety five, like Diesel. Think they had the fake diesel and razor, so I guess we'll give them a pass. But King Mabel, one, two, three, kid, like half the guys, Hakushi. Yeah, they're like, all been gone since April. The uh, well, next year, so they released one the next December, volume two, and it's yep. the same thing. It's like all 96 guys, like still. Let's see on. who's on that one. We got, yeah, it's like Taker, Stone Cold's Austin, on that, yeah. Ahmed, Mark Marrow. You start the fires on that one, Vader. Mankind do love Farouk. But I think that one, um, what's the name of Austin on there? They did one uh, album Hell where... Hell Frozen it, Over. Yes, yeah, so they that. did some where, I think it's that album, where it's like cuts with like quotes in it. So like the Austin mm-hmm. song doesn't have like the real, it's not just a song. It's like him talking during it and stuff. It's weird. Anyway. I know you want me from Sonny's on oh, that yeah. one. I the time. one I remember is volume three and then volume four. Well, four the, is the, the big one. DX, yeah. right? Big show, yeah. DX. Yeah. 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 That was great. I can't I can't tell you how many times I crotch chopped off of uh <laughs> volume four DX coming oh, out of my volume five was good too. Volume five uh, had angle Let's uh, see aggression or no, uh, they did the aggression, then they did volume five. Oh yeah. That <laughs> volume five has that poutine pie or yeah, whatever yeah. rocks terrible. But it's got angles, it's got China. Who else is that? Latino oh. heat. Yeah, yeah, Latino Heat, yeah. Yeah, the game. Good. Yeah. Yeah, five's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Those CDs are staples. Turn it up. Turn it up. <laughs> all right uh oh, we got... the one billy good too yeah. oh yes yes okay volume five is good okay. five is great four had jericho too right so they had jericho yeah. big show and dx like that was let that me, was a killer one let me look at the bet because i think it has song too the it Wyclef has my one. time yep right yeah it has my time know your role ass man which sadly did get played a yeah. lot uh this is the test. Sexual chocolate, which also got played a lot. No chance in hell. Oh God! Break down the wall, like yeah. Just Big Show, uh, Vince, Jericho, and DX alone in my time. I mean, that's that's like an amazing CD right there. Yeah, yeah, pretty awesome. All right, there you go. Download them all on your Spotify. 
<laughs> uh, we get more talk about next week. Billy and Hunter are just grinding Jake. Both guys crawl the tags. Merrill comes in hot. On Hunter, Gunn makes a save. They double team again, but Merrill slips free. Hits a drop kick. Gunn and Hunter collide. Gunn is pissed. They argue until Jake comes in. Him and Merrill hit a double back elbow. Gunn walks off as Merrill hits a Samoan drop. He goes up top and hits a wild thing and pins Triple H, or not Triple H, yeah, Hunter Selmsley, uh, to set up in your house. It's time as uh, he's the number one contender for that show. They celebrate and Vince plugs next week. Uh, I used this word once earlier tonight. I used it again, pedantic. That's what this match was. Uh, I found it to be just flaccid until the final stretch. It slogged. Uh, super long opening shine with no excitement. It was technically fine. It just dragged. I mean, Mero finally gets a freaking win. I guess he needed that. Um, so he's. it looks like maybe he's primed to get his belt back at, D, at uh, its time, but we'll see. So I'm in two and a half. I thought it was a perfunctory tag match. Um, two. It was boring. It was The booking at the end, I guess, makes sense with, like, Merrill winning. Yeah, and you protect uh, Bond, I guess. You're rebuilding still, him. Still feels like, to me, Hunter should be above this. I thought Jake got way too much offense. Like, it's – Jake's really sad now. Like, yeah, this is – yeah. he's, he's officially in, like, Willie Mays, New York Met territory now. I, I think, think he's almost done. I, th- I think he's gone by the – I think he's at the Rumble, but I think that's it. I don't think yeah. he's there much more. It's – it's, I just noticed it, I think. I mean, because, like, the stuff with him and King was so hokey, but it was what it was. Like, right. this is even more depressing. Like, he's main event and Raw and, like, yeah. the IC title pitcher, and he's getting offense. Right on these guys. And Why not they're... put Rocky in here? Like, yeah, a great use of him out of the gate, and he was in yeah. this match at at Survivor Series. He was with Mero against Hunter. Like you don't have to. Have, he could fight Gun to the back. That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah, Jake's a bad choice. Or put so. Flash Funk in here, like instead of that opener. Yeah, you could even do the opener with the Rocky and Goon. That would right. have been more made and more then do, sense. And do Funk and Mero here. Made more sense for Goon to get more offense on yeah. a rookie than. Funk. I guess um, we saw that last week with Sal. I, I think you have Rocky last week come out instead of Jake, because you know he's there. Rocky mm-hmm. saves Mero. And then you set up Rocky as Mero's because that actually ends up being a bit of a storyline in January with, with Rocky, Sable, and Mero. So like mm. you could have done something where you plant some seeds that Rocky is like Mero's Bagwell Rose Sting Day. kind of thing, right? Yeah, he's yeah. like kind of helping him along. And then he he fights Gun because you could have done Rocky Gun too, like at, at its time if you need an extra match. Like, so I mean, this this it would have been ways to make this more exciting. At least that would have been someone new instead of Jake fucking slogging along. Yeah, that was bad. Two stars. All right, let's do our awards quick here, and then we'll move on to Nitro. Uh, I, I mean, I gave the main event the match of the night, but I actually went uh, Hawk and <laughs> <laughs> Jesse James. Yeah. It was... All right, best moment I thought is easily the London footage. Yeah. All right, MVP I gave Sid. I thought he was really good in the London footage. I like that closing promo. He was in the center of it. He felt like the biggest star involved in that. Yeah, my like rule of thumb now is if there's not a clear one, I'm kind of defaulting to Austin, so I just went Austin. Yeah, I think both are fine. I mean, it, neither, nobody did anything much on this show. Uh, any other commentary notes we didn't catch? No. Uh, shots fired is just Pet and Gil saying Mr. Perfect's afraid to show his face and then the baby you know, crying. This, we did have Ross on guest commentary, but this is the first time in a while we didn't have like three or four people on guest commentary throughout the show. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like, faded too. Okay. I mean, well, you're not seeing Cornette. 
That's part yeah. of it. Like he's he clearly was, getting phased out. I mean, he's yeah. he was uh, on as guest commentator. I think he's almost. I think he's done on screen because I think by January, when Vader comes back for the injury, he's with Paul Bearer pretty much. So I think mm. I, I don't think Cornette does much of anything till the NWA shit pops up in uh ninety eight. So I, yeah. I, maybe they just figured he was overused in ninety five and ninety six. I mean, he's been on. Since he debuted at SummerSlam '93, he has been on a ton. I mean, mm-hmm. all that shit with Yokozuna, and then all the Camp Cornette stuff in '95 and '96. Like he's been a top guy for like four years. So yeah, he needed the break. Right. Uh, shots fired was the perfect stuff. No debuts, no dropped angles. Um, I went four out of ten. I'm three out of ten. Like I, I actually think like. I don't know. I, I I guess at this point, I don't know why, but I'm expecting a little bit more. Because I feel right. like they've at least shown like their floor yeah. can be a little bit elevated. And this felt like fall 95 to me. Like right. the, the booking was bad. Star power wasn't great at all. I mean, the stuff we saw from London was in London, like you said. Like, it ain't here, so... Yeah, this is the lowest rated for me since um, October 7th, and that was the back-to-back with September 30th. Oh, that one was bad, too. Yeah, those are both kind of rough. Uh, 916, the going to mind games, I had it at a 4. Uh, 9-6, we had it at a 4. I had a 4.5. 9-9 was a 3.5. So we had some rough ones in the fall, but we had bounced back for sure. Since mm-hmm. mind games, we were uh, – I mean, since Buried Alive, we've been higher than lower, most of them. So. Yeah. yeah, I thought this was a pretty steep regression. So. Yeah. so next week, I would think, should be better just on Taker. Yeah, I mean, alone. they did hide the no-holes barred a good bit. So you got to assume that's going to get time. Right. So next week, hopefully, going into its times better. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do we got going on, Nitro? So Nitro's from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton. At the, the uh, Hera Arena. Uh, it's always interesting. WCW always goes to the Hera Arena and mm. WWF's at the Nutter Center. So yeah. they always change. Uh, same intro, of course. Tony and Larry are still at ringside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they start off talking very briefly about Hogan and Piper. They get interrupted by the Steiner brothers. Uh, Scott, Scotty's back. He's in he all black, and uh, he looks pretty juiced here. We're starting to transition for sure into the big pump. Oh, yeah. Pump. yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was pretty jacked here. Uh, so he says he doesn't call too many people a friend, but Sting was one of them. He saw what he did to Rick the other night, and he's here to see that he doesn't do it again. Then Rick gets on the microphone, says that he needs to come down tonight, and we can finish it off tonight. So he basically Yay! issues a challenge. Yeah, yeah. he uh, he uh, issues a challenge. So they they and then Tony's like, "Well, we'll show what happened last week," and they don't. So that was yeah. our first production snafu uh, of the show, but um. I mean, I thought this was fine. You know, we talked. I, I spent a lot of time on the last episode talking about how I thought they were counter-programming against Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll see. They knew Raw was ass. Right. And you see how they counter-programmed this show. Uh, because I would say this week, Hour 2 is more than Hour 1 as right. far as development. So. It's interesting how that works. And either either way, like, this is also an interesting show. Like, Dave didn't have much on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I will say, like, I don't want to run through it. Let me give Dave's quick hit. So, he, the the Nitro rundown is the, the worst of his 
debut. Like he's so I don't know. He's so annoying. Like he sucks <laughs> running down the show. Like he basically acts like he hates what's going on. Right. So that's good. Uh, but he, all right. He talks about the uh, January 20th show in Chicago, sold 2,600 tickets the first day. So that's good. Uh, Tenzon and Chono as well. Nagata are supposed to come in for some dates. Uh, WCW Nitro was supposed to start on this show, 12 2. He says he guessed this was kind of a NWO pilot. Nitro, you mean? I'm, I'm sorry, NWO Nitro. Yeah. Supposed to start on this date. Uh, he says, I guess this was a pilot of sorts, but no word on the official start. What's here's just, we're going to do it already. Yeah. Here's like a very like throwaway line that we can maybe track if there's any follow-up, but it's just like a one-sentence thing. Harlem Heat are said to be negotiating with WWF. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to throw this out there. I think they should have went. Yeah. I think they could have really been a big team in 90. Like 97 is bereft of tie action. Um, They could have been pretty good there, and Booker still would have had the path to break out for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that would have been good. Um, Then he talks about, uh, like, WCW Hotline talked about Kimono Wanalea coming in. I I don't know for what. And then this is funny. You'll enjoy this. They also talked about Raven coming in, but that was 100% work. Gene Okerlund was looking for a name to use because the scam about a wrestler jumping promotion usually does well, and hotline business has sagged a great deal of late, down 40%, according to one source. So he made up the story, and someone else came up with the idea of Raven would be a good name to use. Well. So. It's not too far off. <laughs> no, it's actually like Dave's dogging it, but he comes yeah. in at what six or seven months. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll just read this. So this shows you how like prickly Dave is. Uh, I'm, I don't know. He thinks he's like very funny in this uh, uh, edition of the Observer. So on TV, they talked about Steam being rusty since his match with Rick Steiner was his first match. Dave's grammar is terrible. With Rick Steiner was his first match Super Brawl, comma. That, that, that makes no sense. There's missing something there, which would be true if you ignore that Sting has worked at most of the house shows. Of course, WWF is no less silly. I guess he didn't about, fall brawl. He must have meant fall brawl. I guess. WWF is no less silly talking about Bret Hart being off for six months before his match with Steve Austin when their own TV publicly showed and talked about him wrestling in South Africa in September. Better yet, even insiders were remarking how amazing it was Hart could do a match like that after being off for six months. So, pretty, pretty lame, uh, annoying. <laughs> it's like, what do you, what do you want? It's like he uh, wasn't wrestling a full schedule. I mean, he yeah, was still just doing. Yeah. So that and the raw run, I mean, the Nitro rundown. He's very prickly in that. Yeah. So there we go. That's all the, that's all the big Dave. So we can uh, scoot him out for the rest of the show. Uh, but yeah, so then uh, we go to our opener match. Guy we hadn't seen in a couple months. Glacier. Yeah. See Ben. Glacier's back. Um, you know, I thought for a second, like, you know, did they want to do a reboot of him? I don't know. What's the saying to me? This push but is moving. A, it's like exactly a the same. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I thought <laughs> maybe when he came back, I was like, oh, well, they're doing. Has like he been on? Maybe he's been on Saturday night and shit. Who knows? I don't think so. It no. didn't look like maybe it. So. Must have got hurt, maybe. Let me look. Yeah, it didn't look like he'd been on anything. So, yeah, but he's back now. 
facing hard body Harris and who Tony uh, calls Harris. <laughs> yeah, Harris. Uh, back elbow by Glacier. His gear was a little bit different. That was the only difference. Yeah. Uh, Tony lets us know Piper isn't a part of WCW. We get some hard kicks in front thrust by Glacier in the corner. Uh, leg sweep trips Harrison and the spinning kick ends it like a minute. So absolute squash half star. Yeah, I'm a quarter star. Just whatever. <laughs> straight, straight squash here. Yeah. Uh, members of the Bengals are here. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're in NWO shirts. Naturally. Like we talked about this. It's like, yeah, here we go. Like anybody that's an athlete or cool is wearing an NWO yeah, shirt. Yeah. Uh, and then they show the date and nice bandits. And I love these guys. There's yeah. about 25 of them in their hockey gear uh, jersey. So there we go. Larry wants to throw the Bengals out, which was uh, amusing uh then we get our next match joe gomez and the renegade versus the amazing french canadians <laughs> what a dream team. um an awful absolutely awful old canada rendition oh yeah Canadian. brutal this one was uh really bad larry asked if there's a mute button on the headset <laughs> so <laughs> that was good uh and then they talk about this and this was a big mm-hmm. snafu so, due to technical problems with Ticketmaster, Starcade tickets didn't go on sale. Right. Um, God, what a bad glitch. Like, yeah, I get pushed to Friday from last yeah. to Friday before. So, it's a full week oh, delay. That's brutal. Now, where did you have to buy tickets? Kroger was where it was for me. So. Uh, it was JCPenney, mm-hmm. I believe. It was either that or Macy. It was It was in the mall. It was, I think it was JCPenney. I don't think it was Macy. That's so wild to think about, like waiting in line to buy tickets. And yeah. you were at the, you're really at the mercy of how fast. The, you could do the, the phone, but you pretty much had to go in. Yeah. Um, like I remember where Rumble 94 tickets, we mailed in, in the day of magazine, they sent like a thing or like, I don't know if it was only the people local to the show. And it was like an order form. And we filled that out and mailed in like cash or I don't know if it was even a check. Like we fucking mailed in my uncle sent them in and that's how we got the tickets in the mail. That was it. Like when did that end? I'm trying to remember. I remember going 92. Would that have been internet or. Rumble 92. Rumble 2002. Sorry. I was going to say. Because I I remember 98 still going to JCPenney and getting tickets to like that. Yeah. Well, Adam went to get the tickets to the Foley Raw at the end of 98 for sure. I know he went and got them at the thing. Um, Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know both 99 Nitros and the Georgia Dome were still at Kroger. Uh, I'm not sure after that. Like, I went to Armageddon in 2000. And then I went to Royal Rumble 2002, and I'm not sure on those two shows. I was trying to think WrestleMania 20. I guess it would have been online. Probably. Yeah, I'm thinking because I did go to Armageddon 04. I know that would have been online because yeah. I got that from my girlfriend at the time. Survivor Series 02, I'd have to think back because that was MSG. I would not have gone to MSG together, obviously. Um, so maybe that was online. 02 probably feels right. Such a odd thing to think about, like how yeah. you used to have to do that. But yeah, bad glitch for them, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, this match, <laughs> uh, Gomez gets a quick drop kick. Renegade has a stiff forearm, and then they send Gomez face first to the floor in like a huge bump, mm-hmm. and they like light him up on the outside. Uh, Tony's talking about the Starcade dog collar match and Piper not giving up. I thought that was good bringing yep. up some history there. 
Um, I mean, Gomez just gets his ass kicked throughout this match. The stun gun's very stiff. Like, Jock is just being a jerk to him throughout the match, taking liberties. Uh, <laughs> Renegade comes in but gets caught up and stiffed as well. Jock hits him with a pretty nasty-looking pile driver. Uh, and then Pierre does that assisted cannonball sun tower, tower of uh, Quebec or whatever. The tower of Quebec, I think, is what they're calling it. So, like, a pretty awful-looking match on paper, mm-hmm. and it was a squash. Um, I actually thought this was pretty feisty due to the stiffness. I went two stars. Like, I think this had more juice on it than anything on Raw, surprisingly yeah. enough. So. I went a star and a quarter, but yeah, it was fine. Uh, I mean, there was some bizarre little energy with, with uh, Gomez and Renegade. It was just, again, it was express line. I mean, they're not even talking about the match on commentary, completely ignoring it, but it is what it is. French Canadians are a weird fit. They're another team I think would have been better off if they just went back to WF. I, I think you have the Quebecers name. They could have given another pair of bodies to feud with like furnace and the or whoever else and maybe even put them so loosely associated with owen and bulldog or something like if you want with their history like montreal ties or something i think they would have been they would have had more room to breed there i think here they're like they're so far down the roster even though they're getting a bit of a push there's so many teams there's just nowhere from the fit and, and they have the name value they could have went back in the quebecers again so john looks pretty old like every time he bends over his hairline's not looking great so uh, then we get an Arn Anderson interview. Uh-huh. I mean, this was like our biggest promotion we've seen for Piper Hogan since World War III. Yeah. Where uh, Arn has some stiff words for the Hulkster. He says Rick told him the toughest fight he was ever in was with Piper. Uh, that he saw guts, that uh, Piper has guts and passion in every match. And uh, he said he didn't see fear in Piper's eyes. He saw focus. Now, the NWO took their best shot at Piper, when, but when they didn't take him out at World War III, they gave him an edge. Anything now coming back their way is going to be a receipt. Piper is more everything than Hulk Hogan. And so uh, he basically says, too, like the horseman next week will have uh, – Gene says, you know, well, Piper will be on Nitro in Charlotte next right. week. And Orange says, you know, don't jump a dog in their own backyard and don't mess with family. The horseman will watch his back. Yeah. Uh, great, great Orange promo. I mean, mm-hmm. you can kind of roll him out and he can do these amazing hard sell promos. And this was yep. one of them. Um, yeah, I guess you're excited for next week. We know Piper will be there. We know the horseman will be there. You know, Flair is probably going to be there in Charlotte. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're setting up a very big Nitro. Um, for next week as we hype Starcade some more with and, and Aaron helps spell that story out versus like if it was just you know uh Tony and Larry doing it, right? oh next week mm-hmm. we're in Charlotte, you know. So like Aaron yeah. coming on giving the warning like hey NWO, like don't think you're just gonna beat the shit out of Piper because he's here, like we're we're gonna be there. You're gonna have to go through all of us. Right. Yeah, so great, great Arn promo. One I'd yeah. forgotten, but I mean he has like a hundred great promos. So add this one to the compilation. Uh, next match faces a fear versus Robert Gibson and Scotty Riggs, a crazy weird makeshift team. Uh, Robert Gibson's chest hair completely out of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed that he's a uh, very, very wooly up, up, up top there. Uh, they show finished footage of the NWO attacking Harlem Heat <laughs> Faces of Fear from the prior week with Bagwell kind of being a part of that charge. Yep. Uh, we learned it's going to be the Faces of Fear versus the Outsiders at Starcade for the tag. I had title. no memory of that being the title match of Starcade at all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Riggs and Gibson do a little bit of the Rock and Roll Express spots to start out. They do the Sunset Flip. 
uh, kind of cover attempt that's a staple of the Rock and Roll Express. Faces of Fear take over an impressive backdrop power bomb by the Faces of Fear gets a big pop from the crowd. Ming does his pile driver. Um, and then Gibson gets the hot tag and does a little bit of a near fall, but he walks into a big boot from Barbarian, and that's it. I thought this was an okay match. I thought Gibson, I mean, Gibson, you know, like I've said a lot of times on these Nitros when they've showed up, I love the Rock and Roll Express. Gibson just looks old. Um, I, I guess he's fine as an enhancer here, but I did think Gibson Riggs kind of got a little bit too much offense yep. in this match too. Uh, so I only had this as an okay match. It drug a good bit for me. I went a star and a half. Um, yeah, it's all about just getting the face of fear established with Starcade. But to your point, like you're giving up offense to these guys. I mean, Gibson is a proxy for Bagwell. So Riggs can kind of stay on TV so they can talk about Bagwell more than anything yeah. else. There's no reason yeah. it's even happening. Um, you know, face of fear used their power a bit. A bunch of Starcade talk. All through here, the backdrop power bomb on Riggs looked great. I thought they really murdered him with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Larry says Jimmy Hart is fluent in 25 languages, which I'm guessing is uh, not true. No, maybe one, <laughs> maybe two if you count like country draw. <laughs> zone, but um, Larry's excited. The <laughs> Larry's excited. The horseman will uh, have Piper's back next week. Uh, I thought Gibson's flurry at the end was okay, but then he walks into the boot. Uh, Riggs cleaning house with the chair after the match was very random. I know yeah. he's angry, but like that anger should be against the NWO, not the faces of fear. Like that was weird. Um, but yeah, I, I guess yeah. I think they did that just to show up tough. The faces of fear are because they kind of shrug it off, but yeah, it, it was out of place. This seems weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, same note, uh, face of fear just gave up way too much offense given their role, but they've been put on a power clinic. Like when they hit their power offense, it looks awesome. Uh, so I went two stars, it was fine other than the, the chair attack. All right. All right. WCW Saturday Night's back. Back with a vengeance this week. Um, nothing nothing really big. They didn't announce any matches. They just announced who was on the show. Horn Anderson, Lord Steven Regal, Faces of Fear, Chris Jericho, Rick Steiner, Buckhouse Buck, randomly thrown in there. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and the Taskmaster. So there you go. Uh, then they show more footage of the Benoit versus yes, Sullivan match. Yes, Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> I thought this looked cool. Like yeah, we act between this and London, um, especially because like we were just in Baltimore for a pay per view, and the Baltimore right. Arena has a distinctive look. Uh, so it's always cool, like the entrance of the Baltimore Arena. And um, I, I I did like how uh, this kind of was presented and the footage and stuff like that. So it looked like a pretty good brawl. They fight up the stands. Uh, they go into the bathroom where the Dungeon of Doom was waiting in the stalls. They do an attack on Benoit. Uh, then they show him beating him down in the ring. Woman gets in the ring, stands over Benoit. Then she kind of jumps on Sullivan's back and has to be restrained. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on this? This footage? Yeah, I thought it was cool that they showed it. Um, we don't often get like house show footage from WCW. Like Yep. It's almost crazy that they even existed during the time. Like I just, they seem so random. Like it's not a touring company as much as WF. So like you don't hear about them as much. You don't think about them as much. Maybe because for me, they never really came up there. Like until in a couple of years, they start coming more when the NWO stuff picks up. But they just seem like a fantasy to me that WCW had house shows. Um, and I thought the footage was fine. Uh, you know, Dungeon again attacked Benoit in the bathroom. We already saw the aftermath of that, right? Where he was all bruised up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we continue this weird storyline where a woman steps in and Sullivan listens to her. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, it's again, we, we really covered this in depth last week. So I don't think we have to dive into the weird behind the yeah. scenes aspect of it again. But 
it is almost continues to feel a little too insider and Sullivan's weird promo style doesn't help because yeah. he's very cryptic and he's like the worst of Hogan. You know, when Hogan gets all convoluted when he tries to explain Vince, sometimes you're like, they try to over explain things. So in a weird way and they go in these big circles, like that's Sullivan. He just like talks in these odd circles that make no sense. And when it's one thing, when it's the dungeon of doom and, and the Hulkamaniacs or whatever, where it's obvious what's going on. But for this, it's like, you can't even follow what the hell's going on half the time. Cause the way he talks. So uh, that leads to a, a straight Taskmaster squash versus KC Sunshine, who looks like <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Uh, Sullivan absolutely decimates some chairs, oh, yeah. sends him into the railing, throwing water bottles. Tony doesn't even say his name. He yeah, Larry and Tony don't even know that his name is. Larry yeah. at one point is like, what's this guy? And Tony's like, I don't even know. It's like, all right, great. Uh, Tree of Woe with a knee, double stomp. That's it. I want a star. I mean, Did you look up a, who it was? Yes, KC Sunshine. Well, Sean Casey is the uh, the wrestler, but yeah, that's Casey Sunshine. Name. I'm your boogeyman. <laughs> uh, well, it was not a celebration. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't look up his uh, cage match. Let's see. Oh, he actually did a. Uh, he appeared in Playgirl in 1997. There that's, you go. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, not not much. Uh, not much. And he does role. some shotgun work at least, and then uh, he's Tra- in Ohio Valley for a bit. TNA. Trained by Charlie Fulton and Brian Pillman. He was probably in TNA Never Dies. I'm guessing. So is he in a band? This is the five most wanted. Is that a band? It must be. Oh, who knows? It says he presently tours and is the founding member of the Five Most Wanted. Mm, there we go. Well, he got his ass kicked on this show. Uh, then Sullivan does give that kind of cryptic interview, like you're talking about, like that he's been doing. Gene basically asked him if he's a man possessed. Kevin thought he was the best chess player to ever play the game. He hurt him physically, but now Benoit hurt him mentally and right here. I, I don't know what he's pointing out. We don't see. Um, uh, he relates it back to the problems with Gene. Now, this was a funny exchange where he's like, now you've had some problems like this in the past too, haven't you, Gene? And Gene's like, yeah, I have. So they're, <laughs> they're all getting into the, uh, the shoot personal business. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin says he doesn't care if, if he digs his own grave, he's going to put Benoit down there with him, and the mm. equation now equals three. Yeah, so so some pretty uh, – There's nothing direct. Everything's veiled. Everything's mysterious. Um, I guess it's a little more straightforward, but I don't know why they didn't just come out and say it at least once. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Woman is Sullivan's with Sullivan's wife. And she left him for the horse. But like, whatever. Like, just say it. It's like they're basically saying it, but they're not saying it. So it's so yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean, they tiptoe more. Like, when we get to the horseman interview, they they plainly say, like, woman and Benoit are together based on what Deborah says. But you don't know what the connection was with Sullivan. Right. Like, it's not out in the open. Yeah, so. it's just, I don't know. It's fine. Like, again, I just think it's, like, not the best. But... I guess Nitro has so much stuff. WCW has so much stuff going on that this is like whatever. If if they mm-hmm. if the smart fans get off on it by knowing like it's it's fine. It's not like it's carrying the promotion with a smart thing. It's not getting right. a ton of time. It's very, you know, what's he get five minutes a week at this point? Like most. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Billy Kidman, Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony talks about how the executive committee has custody over the title, so the U.S. title tournament will happen, no matter what Giant or Bischoff says, etc. Uh, good chain wrestling to start here. Uh, Larry actually gives a good tidbit of commentary talking about how Dean always keeps his shoulders off the mat. 
Uh, Tilt-a-whirl head scissors from Kidman sends Dean to the outside, but uh, Dean's able to powerbomb on the outside. This brings out Sonny Ono to take some pictures. Uh, I thought Dean was pretty dominant on top, actually. It's a nasty brain buster. Uh-huh. Kidman gets a few uh, hope pins with some backslides inside cradles and a drop kick, uh, but he gets caught on top. Dean's able to hit a superplex, but then we get the King of the Ring 93 flashback where Sonny Ono <laughs> yeah. blinds uh, Dean Malenko by flashing a pitcher in his eye. Uh, Kidman goes up and tries to hit the shooting star press. That gets a lot of ooh and ahs from the crowd, but uh, meets the knees of Dean Malenko, and Malenko hits the Texas Cloverleaf uh, for the submission victory. Uh, I thought this was a fun match. Like I thought uh-huh. this had Dean looking more dominant on top. Stuff with Sonny Ono is what it is. It's it's kind of weird because like Dean's a hill, Sonny Ono's a hill. Yeah, I don't know about the. Oh, I guess it is Feud and Dragon. I mean that that's yeah. It is what it is. But uh, as the match itself, I thought Kidman showed good fire here. Uh, he's actually been featured. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not featured a lot on '96, but more than I remember. More, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he was around yet at all. Yeah. So. Um. So and he's he's looked good every time he's been given a shot. So. This was a fun match for me. I went three stars. It was it was very fringe. A good match. I was in between two and three quarters and three stars, but I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I was a little bit lower. I went, I went two and a half, but I, I liked it too. Larry, uh, I don't know if you caught his line. He goes, they love their cameras, don't they? Uh, when Sonny mm-hmm. Ono's out there with the Polaroid. Um, commits a missile drop kick. I thought that looked good into the perfect flex. Uh, I like the finish too. It was fun. Kidman was definitely game. He took a beating. Also hit a couple of good spots in there. Um, you know, Dean's ready for Starcade with with Dragon. So it was a tight little match. It was it was basic, but they pumped it out. Fucking Larry, he would have fit right in the Sopranos. Yeah, we uh, transitioned to hour number two with Big Berber versus Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Tony says we still don't have an answer from whether Sting will answer the challenge of Rick Steiner. No NWO either. So that's what I mean. Like. The whole unoppo- uh, the whole opposed hour versus Raw, they had no NWO. So mm-hmm. this this was more of, I guess, a cocky, like, you know, we saw what you have. We're not worried. So there we go. Uh, Tony hands off to Danae for the start of hour two. You can actually see Tony and Larry leaving the broadcast area uh, this week. It's, it's not as awkward. Still a little awkward, right. but yeah. it wasn't as bad. So that was good. Uh, Bobby brings up managing Andre the Giant and Mania 3 to kind of compare to the magnitude of Hogan versus Piper. Bubba gets the advantage to start. Jarrett's kind of alarmed by the power of him. Uh, Jimmy Hart on the outside mocks Jarrett's strut. I found that uh, very amusing. And uh, then Jarrett ducks Bubba and does 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 uh, do his strut. I thought Jeff mm-hmm. got a good face reaction from the Dayton crowd. Uh, tonight and a DDT by Jared. He stomps on Jimmy Hart's hand. Uh, Bobby begins again speculating that Sting has to be NWO because he's wearing black and white. So we have that. Uh, Bubba's on the outside. He tries to punch his Jared as uh, Hart is holding him, but he hits Jimmy Hart instead. And a really good looking punch. He like socked on Jimmy. Uh, then Bubba gets into the post, cross body. Uh, Jimmy throws in the megaphone. Jarrett does a sunset flip. Bubba has the megaphone, tries to slam it down on Jarrett's face, but uh, Jarrett moves out of the way, so he misses the megaphone sh- shot. 
Uh, and then uh, uh, Mark Curtis and Jimmy Hart are arguing. That turns into Bubba and Curtis arguing over the megaphone that is in Bubba's hands. And when Bubba turns around, Jarrett drop kicks the megaphone into Bubba's face and wins. So, uh, again, not a not like a good match. On I mean, you know, I wasn't expecting much on paper. I actually thought it was more spirited than I thought. Um Jared, I thought, got a good face reaction from this crowd. This is a good crowd, a uh, very hot crowd, and mm-hmm. uh, they gave Jared a good face reaction here. For Bubba one. had some fun spots. I mean, this was very Memphis. Like, it's interesting with Jimmy Hart and Jared. Like, as Jared was coming up the ranks, is right when Jimmy went to WWL. So right. they never crossed paths. No. So these are two, like, Memphis mainstays that have never interacted with each other. Uh, so that was cool, and there definitely was like Memphis moments in this match, which mm-hmm. I I like. Uh, so I went two and a quarter. I mean, it was a fine TV match. Yeah, two and a quarter for me as well. Um, maybe a little too much for Bubba. I, I feel we keep saying that, but it's like all these guys are getting pushed, are just laying out so much, um, giving so much offense out there. Uh, but Jared had a lot of trouble with Jimmy. Um, but he outsmarts Bubba and Jimmy in the end, so it makes him look like a, a sharp face who can outnumber. And maybe that was the point, right? Like he's fighting mm-hmm. the NWO, a lot of odds against him, so he can he can beat you know beat the odds in some of these matches. Um, is there any validity at all to Bobby Heenan's talking point that Piper Hogan is bigger than WrestleMania three? Um, I mean, I don't think so, but it's uh, a big I, match. It is a big match. I I think. I mean, I mean Hogan's never pinned Piper, right? Piper's never yeah. pinned Hogan. So maybe you sell it on the clean finish. It's uh it's a big marquee match for the biggest show of the year. But it's not I just fun. feel like I mean I feel like from an optic standpoint, when WrestleMania three happened, yeah, it felt like okay, like we're at the top of the roller coaster hill, right? Like yeah, we've been Hogan's been the champion for three years. Like we're two years from WrestleMania one with like Cindy Lauper and the mainstream stuff, Mr. T like we've had hot matches. And now this is like on the surface, the last big match that we can throw at you at the right time. Whereas this feels more like almost like their WrestleMania one, I'd say in some ways where like we're building, we're building, we're having the hot match. I mean, I, I still think at this point it feels like, all right, like whatever's happening with Sting, like that's going to be huge. When right. I mean, is Hogan Piper going to put 90,000 in the building? Probably not. No. Yeah. I mean, it. you look at like WCW's house show business, it's weird. Like yeah. they, but we talked about it. Like that's always lagging. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, January 4th, 1999 has more in attendance than July 6th when Goldberg wins the title. Like there's right. more paid. It's it's weird. So it's always lags. Um, but yeah, it, it I, I don't think I mean I don't think though like it's that disingenuous for uh, Bobby to compare it though. Like I actually thought that was a nice moment. Uh, and he doesn't draw back on his WWF stuff very much. So it was a welcome. Like oh okay, he's actually like acknowledging that, uh, which I enjoyed. Right. Alrighty, so now we are at uh, the Steiners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one thing, there's come back out. I know you can hear me, Sting. Why don't you show your face, Sting? 
Uh, so Sting does appear at the top, gets a big pop. Bobby calls him the Phantom of WCW. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rick says, instead of attacking me from behind, won't you fight me one-on-one? He asks if he will accept his challenge. Sting kind of stares at him at first, and then Rick's like, well, what do you say? <laughs> uh, and Sting just shakes his head yes and walks off. So there we go. The match, match. is signed for tonight. Sting's Pretty exciting. Match, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I didn't, again, expect this at all, like that. Sting was just active. In my mind, he he hung out in the rafters until what is it, like uncensored. Like I know he does the death drops here and there, but I really didn't think he was like involved in anything substantial until he clears the ring on that it was uncensored or whatever. It, it, he's been in the ring more than I remember mm. myself. Like yeah, I, I knew mean, he had some of the death drops. I remember Jarrett. Yeah, I remember Rick. I remember a few of them, and then we got stuff coming in January, February that I remember with another guy who comes back, and yeah. like I remember all that, but I just I didn't anticipate like this like where he's gonna have a match like i didn't remember any of this stuff at all yeah i mean like he's been in the ring almost every week so right yeah it's interesting uh outsider shirt ad the announcers reset uh, as we kind of settle into hour two big weasel chant for bobby and right as they start to talk the nw music fires up bobby of course goes see ya so mm-hmm. there we go um interesting nwo crew this week mm-hmm. It's a uh, Hall, Nash, Six, Vincent, and Bischoff walks yeah. out. So this is probably the most like least star-studded skeleton crew Nitro I think we've had in a while too. Yeah, uh, no Hogan, no Piper, no Savage, no um, Flair, no Flair, no uh, Giant either. Mm-hmm. So an interesting crew here. Uh, there's a very awkward moment where Vincent's looking for a high five or the NWO <laughs> sign from Bischoff and just gets nothing ignored. Yeah, gets it way late. Um, so then they kind of look at the announce booth and they're like, "Hey, yeah, let's head to the announce booth." Uh, and this, this, oh man, I love this way too much. Actually. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, so uh, of course, Tony, Tanay, and Bobby flee. Six mm-hmm. spanks Tanay as he leaves mm-hmm. in a funny little moment. Uh, Eric says he's back. Hall says, "Congrats to the Stinger for jumping on the Black and White Express." <laughs> uh, Bischoff lets us know that he's actually Piper's best friend. Mm. Uh, there's a big NWO chant from the fans behind him as they're going through all this. Uh, but he's Piper's best friend because he's protecting, he's trying to protect him from Hogan. And the, and he does this by an example of uh, calling Vader a tub of guts. You remember what happened to that tub of guts, Vader? Yeah. And they show Hogan beating him up at, uh, I think this was Slambury 1995. Uh, then they show the flare beat down backstage. Macho gets shown with the leg drops with Elizabeth watching. Uh, and then uh, Eric has the line, he's gone but not forgotten, or is he? So I don't know if they thought right. Macho was coming back at this time or not. It don't seem like it. Um, Nash says there's maybe only he's one. Just playing I- off the rumors on Survivor Series. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Nash says there's only one icon in wrestling, and it's Hollywood. So. Uh, any thoughts on the NWO invading? But it's it's a pretty big moment. Yeah, that was good. Nash, uh, Nash said he reads the format. He goes, "Oh, excited to see Sting in action." <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hall like Hall and Nash's delivery when they do the commentary is so good because Hall does like that, like they kind of do in the low key voice, but it's so dripping in sarcasm that it's so oh. good. It's like, "Oh, good credit to the Stinger for coming out here and joining the Black and White Express." Like he just said, it, like there's no, it's just like two guys just chilling. Like it's, 
yeah. it, it, not to fast forward across streams, like on on WD War with Marcus and I were talking the commentary team like JBL and K, and they're trying to do that low key like chatty, and it's so <laughs> fucking annoying. But they do it. Hall and Nash are just like perfect at it. Just like they're not yelling, they're not. They're just fucking talking. But like it's just so. It's just dripping with this smarminess that's so good. Um, the shot of Vader was random, but it was funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought, still taking a shot. I, I, yeah, it was good. I, I think it's, you know, you get them out there. <laughs> we hadn't seen them all night. We're going to let them obviously narrate the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Without Hogan to cut his promo, like, this is a good use of them. So why not go this route? You know, Hall and Nash is gonna be, and Bischoff will all be good on commentary. So, no, yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. So uh, then we get our match. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Squire David Taylor. Uh, Eric says, when we get our own show, the lighting will be better. What's he say? Like the music or something will be better. And then somebody says the talent will be better. So (laughs) it always starts. I got like a lot of lights for these guys. They were really firing off. Uh, Hall comments on Conan doing a superplex. He says oh, we God. need to start thinking international. Yeah, we need a good Englishman. <laughs> yeah, need a good Englishman. Then they start talking about Japanese. Uh, they talk about like how much sushi that Kevin Nash can pound. So oh, I, I don't. God. I mean, you know, there's the rumors with Nash and uh, what they uh, say. Bischoff shits on Conan's gear too. This is a bad yeah, pressure. yeah. Conan, Conan's he's like he's got bad gear, but he's uh, he's a bad dresser, but he's a good wrestler. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, when they're talking about the Englishman, Nash says, Hey, don't forget Lord Regal. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a uh, this is a quick match, so Eddie wins very quickly. I mean, it was fine for like a minute and a half or however long it lasted, but uh, but it was what it was. I want a star and a half. Hall does say this frog, frog splash is hot, but he can't hit it on a giant size, right. so the um. Yeah, it was fine. I, I just want a star. Uh, they do say Bischoff does work in here that he's the highest ranking WCW official and he could put in steps on title matches. So he says whoever wins the tournament can get the belt, but they have to defend against the Giant after winning as well. So he's still pushing that he's got the stroke and the power. Uh, the match is whatever. Uh, a little Taylor offense and some, you know, we're really rushing along here. But as sarcastic as Hall and Nash are, they're really in tune with like, what the WCW stories are and what to get over. Like they do a good job, even though it's like in a smart ass way of getting guys over. Like they didn't have to talk about Regal, but they put him in your head. They talk about how good he is. Like they're good at that. Even if it sounds sarcastic, they're still talking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they don't forget about Lord Regal. He's, you know, he's a TV champ. We helped him win, but he's a great worker. Like, you know, they're, they're slipping that stuff in there. So it's like, Mm -hmm. they're good at putting other guys over in this role. They're not just like burying dudes, you know? A uh, couple more commentary lines I had after the match. So Bischoff says, I'll even hire your brother, talking about Guerrero, like if they recruit him. I don't know if that was Mondo, Hector, who he was uh, saying he'll even hire, but uh, well, there you go. And then uh, Eddie shouts, what's the NWO doing here as he leaves the rig? And Nash says, anything we want. <laughs> um, and then as they go to break, this one was very good. It was very subtle, but um, – uh, he says, "Is this the horizontal base we've so we've heard so much about? Sorry, I mean the vertical base. So that's a shot at Jim Ross, like talking about how great the vertical base of Diesel is on the other show. And then Hall says, we 'We're going to have to start calling you EB instead of like JR.' Right? Uh, that was 
I love that one. I thought that, that was funny. very yeah. well done. Yeah. Um, come back. We see uh, like a scroll of the crowd, and they mark out at the NWO shirts. Uh, then we get our road report from Charlotte, North Carolina, with Lee Marshall. Eric says, uh, we hadn't heard from Lee in a couple of weeks in a while. And he said, I would have thought better of you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Nash. Marshall just gives it right to him. Oh, boy. Nash asks if he's live from Orange Double Wide. <laughs> God. <laughs> Nash loved putting down Orange, like when he does the Horseman parody. Oh, and yeah. Orange Double Wide. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, <laughs> Lee, unfortunately, you know, like this was great because yeah. I think this was a throwaway line from Lee, but they run with it for the rest of the night where he says coming back to Charlotte is like going to Liverpool with the Beatles. <laughs> and Hall says, you mean it's old and dated? <laughs> it's just like they're on fire. <laughs> so, so pretty well, basic. Bischoff stuff. tells Lee he's got three weeks. Uh, yeah, to yeah two contract. words, three weeks, and uh, yeah. see ya. So. Lee, Lee talking shit was funny. Like, get <laughs> Not back it down. Hall, uh, Hall's cue the porn music for the NWO theme was good too, because I mean that was a rumor. I don't know if it's ever been proven that they they heard it in a porn movie and that's yeah. where they pulled it from. Um, I don't know, but it was just it's so he's either it's either true or he's leaning in on the rumors, which is funny. Mm-hmm. But the cue the porn music popped me. That was that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Cue the porn music. <laughs> Uh, so our next match is Arn Anderson versus Jim Powers. Teddy Long's out with Jim Powers. Uh, Nash calls Long robust. <laughs> uh, Hall calls him Peanut Head immediately too. So they, oh, they, Peanut they, Nash. Oh, yeah. look at robust. They uh, completely dog on him immediately. Uh, Hall says he likes Brad Siegel's office. Uh, Arn kind of takes Powers to the outside, beats on him, sends him to the post. Nash does call Arn a great technician yep. that he finds a body part and works on him. So that's that's what you were talking about, like that he still like has some decent psychology and keeps up with the storylines in the match. Uh, Hall then says he's sick of hearing how tough these people are. Arn can back it up, but that fat Dusty Rhodes and Larry Sabisco, if he doesn't shut up, he may bring him out of retirement. <laughs> Good enough uh, foreshadowing there. Yeah. Nash says the first hour was like a, a, a Roddy Piper Dean Martin roast. With all the name um, drops. And then and then they talk about the guy that dresses up like Piper that hangs out with him. And Hall says, Is that his brood eye? Which is <laughs> God. Uh, and then another funny line they talk about Arn Anderson, like uh, when they had the limo pulled up. Hall says the limo pulled up. Arn Anderson peeked in a tinted window at night. <laughs> and Nash is just like cracking up like that. <laughs> that Arn peeked in a tinted window when it was dark outside. But he was like, he didn't see nothing surprisingly. Uh, the match Powers gets a drop kick for the two count, clothesline out of the corner, and then Arn comes back with kind of one swift kick and the DDT to win. Nash says good night, Irene on the uh, DDT and Hall says Arn could play on his team. I want to start in a half here. I went two and a quarter. I actually liked that. That was pretty good. I thought Arn was on point. Uh, but maybe the NWO stuff just had me really digging it. I mean, they're they're great. They've been great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're getting stuff over in addition to just cracking jokes. I mean, so it's not just like playtime out there. They're like they're actually furthering stuff. They're getting stuff across. And I like that they always plant the seeds that they're constantly scouting, even if it's just like red herrings. 
not really guys are interested in, but they're putting them over and so oh, we could be right. We could like this guy. And, yeah. and again, even though are there's shit all over him for five minutes and they're like, Hey, he could be on my team anytime. He's great. Right. It's like, so it's like, you're still putting someone over even when you're taking shots. Right. Uh, Benoit versus Regal, Sarnett's match uh, for the U.S. title tourney. Uh, somebody mentions they hate memos, and Hall says, hey, send out a memo. No more memos. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they lock up. We get a USA champ for a Canadian versus a British guy, so that was stupid on day. Good Englishman. If he was a good yeah, Englishman. Yeah, good Englishman. So some wrestling to start. Then they give a nasty palm thrust exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, Regal is a bloody mess off right away. It's been right away. So he hits a gusher. Uh, the NWO is like, Ooh, we told you things would be stepping up when we get on commentary. And here we go. Which I mean, it was unfortunately yep. because he's bloody. We now have to do this real wide oh, I know. camera. Angle. This is an infamous match actually. Yeah. Like I thought it was cool at first, but then they're yeah. so wide. Like it, it's, 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 disappointing yeah so standards the match itself is great yeah like i think the match is really good like it's really intense like there's a shoulder block that sends regal down um some stiff regal shots just beating up benoit benoit comes back with a diving head but hall calls him reckless they do the reversal of the uh, tombstone benoit finally hits it regal rolls to the outside benoit misses a plancha uh, Regal places Benoit on the top rope, hits some back kicks, and then hits the underhook suplex from the yep. top rope, which was nasty. Benoit does some more reversals and hits a nasty German suplex. Uh, Hall is ragging on the angle. And, uh, like so he kind of just realizes it, or he just yeah. mentions it. He's like, oh, I just realized. Like, yeah, like what like, are we doing? Uh, he says, let's fire the set, whole yeah. crew and bring in our own guys. Um, right. And then we get the finish where Benoit sends Regal in and hits a Dragon suplex for the win. Yep. So really good. I mean, really good TV match. Maybe if we'd have had close-up angles, this might could have been even like a three and a half, three three quarter match uh-huh. for me. I went three and a quarter, and it's a very strong three and a quarter. Just a great like six minute TV match, full of stiffness. Yeah, I went three and a quarter too. This is the one match I felt like the commentary hurt. Um, between the wide shot and the goofy commentary, like you, it was hard to get really invested. I mean, we did, but like, I think it could have really been a classic uh, if, if we don't get the blood and if it's just like Tony calling the match, I think it, it mm-hmm. put this in hour one, maybe in, without the blood, it, it hits even more. So I think we got robbed a little bit. Uh, it's a hard fought war. Benoit moves on to the tournament. So yeah, I went three and a quarter too. It's it, like I said, it's a pretty infamous match. The one where they go yeah. to the wide shot because of the blood. Um, and I get it. I get they had to. It's just how it was yeah. in TNT, but it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So I think we got robbed of what could have been a potential if nothing else, like a, a real gem, but yeah, I mean, it possibly, us, given the grades, mm, but. Yeah, I mean, it possibly could have been one of the best TV matches we've seen in 96. Like, right. It, it could have been up there with like Dean versus Ray. Yeah. Uh, so it was good. Uh, Gene interviews the horseman. This was a heck of a promo here. Um, so Gene's talking about the momentum the horseman have, and he quotes Halloween Havoc. I'm like, that was six weeks ago. Like, easy, Gene. Uh, he says, last Orange says last week he was racked, and this week he gets to drive someone's head to the mat. You got to love it. 
Uh, he says, Lex isn't a quitter or coward, but the horsemen are refocusing and redirecting. If you want somebody to lead WCW, they're there to uh, lead the way, take charge. But then he says, we're missing one key member. So he asked Benoit where woman is. Woman, uh, Benoit says she's taking care of horseman business. <laughs> someone on commentary, I couldn't tell who it was, but someone said she's shopping right as he <laughs> says that. Um, uh, Benoit says woman is as much a horseman as anyone else. Mongo then talks about. Uh, I had just made no sense. Yeah, yeah he was like, teams worried about their own personal agenda it leads to decision. So should have been a dynasty, but we weren't. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So some more, I guess, bears analogy here. Uh, then Deborah gets on the mic and she's yeah. got a lot to say tonight. <laughs> she says Nancy. So she name drops woman as Nancy uh, in the locker room, talks about how great Chris is and cute Chris is. She's tired of her cheap perfume that she's always wearing because Chris loves it. Uh, Deborah says the way you deal with it is you rise above it. So makes no very, sense. And then she goes, dissension is listening to Nancy every week. Talk about how like, that makes no yeah. sense at all. Like, yeah. So Eric on commentary is like, she's too much. Like they're kind of <laughs> eating it up, them going after each other. Uh, but at the end of the day, it looks like they shake hands and seem to be kind of on the same page. Yep. I mean, Arn tells Benoit, he's a, you were handpicked, we're proud of you. If Benoit, if you give me your word that woman's good, then we're good. So there's a lot going on, a lot of irons on the fire for the horsemen right now. Yeah, um, Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that Benoit and woman are kind of catching shit for this relationship from everyone. You know, it's like, they're basically saying, like, why isn't she here and is it because you know you distracted too right with all this right. going on and right. hey we're still dealing with sullivan because of you so like what's up you know uh then our semi-main event i guess rocco rock versus mm -hmm. lex luger we saw him beat johnny grudge a couple of weeks ago so here we go hall and nash have to admit lex is red hot they say it's a respect thing uh grunge takes uh helps to take uh over for the match for rocco rock as they go to the outside uh, and then we get this great exchange where Eric says, you know, we're not wanting to put WCW out of business. We're fine with them being uh, a promotion. Uh -huh. Just NWO can be number one wrestling promotion in the world. And WCW can be number two. That was their and, plan. Then Nash says, throw in one of those Japanese companies and they can <laughs> be number three. Or no, Hall actually said that. Right. And then Nash says, ECW number four. <laughs> and uh, and they're all, they all like kind of crack up. Eric says, I don't think so. You've got three bucks on you. And then Hall says, the sweet thing is you could play bingo too, which is just, Very I mean, I mean, it's a burial line, but yeah. It was great. Like, just, I mean, the they're on chemistry. top, right? They can talk shit. I yeah. Mean, it's, I mean, it's, just the yeah. chemistry. Like, this is like your Twitter, like, right. mic drop before Twitter. Like, yeah. like, if this was nowadays, you'd have that GIF of like the guys go, oh, you know, or whatever right. that you see all the time. Like, I mean, that's what this was. He was yeah. dunking, but they were rolling. Um, it was just great. Like the way Hall says, I had the sweet thing is you can play bingo too. Like just a great line. Like pretty hilarious. Uh, so Rock misses a charge. Luger comes back with a forearm. I, I thought this match had too much offense from Rocco Rock. Him and Grunge were annoying throughout the match. We got a We Won't Sting chant. Uh, Grunge trips up Lex again at the very end. He holds him on the apron, but Lex moves out of the way. Rock runs into Grunge and then 
Lex mercifully wrecks Rocco Rock, and that's it. So a disappointing match, one star. I did like at the end where Grunge gets in the ring after the match and uh, like Lex from the rack position throws Rocco Rock onto Johnny Grunge. Yeah, uh, that looked cool, but. Yeah, I mean, as a match, it was nothing, but actually I thought a little detrimental to how hot Luger is because mm-hmm. Rock got a decent bit of offense. Again, yeah, it's been an epidemic across both shows with this. Um, this should have been Luger crushing him or give us someone bigger, right? We've been seeing big guys battling Luger, which is yeah. fine. Yeah, I love that Hall always references the loaded forearm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he said he's got a steel plate in there, right? Yeah, He's WF-93 to the death. <laughs> Um, but again, the star got very little offensive wins. That's been the tale of the night. A star in three quarters for me. Luger's super over. Uh, Bischoff again with more hints. Like he says, I'm happy to be back in my chair. I want to do this more often. So leading you to think, yes, they may do mm-hmm. an NWO show where he's the lead guy back in the booth. Um, they're clearly still planning on it, hinting it that way. So, but Luger, I mean, Luger's just been rolling. He's going to roll yeah. until they're ready to give him, give him something big. Right. Time for our main event. Uh, Nash lets us know he flew a plane smaller than Scott Steiner here to Dayton. Uh, Hall makes fun of Steiner's collar. Uh, Sting comes out with no music, just kind of walks down. Uh, He throws the bat down and then turns around. And then Rick immediately decks him. Uh, Throws him to the outside of the ring. Scott throws Sting back in the ring. Rick fires away but misses one shot and then gets a Scorpion death drop. So we're like 30 seconds into the match. Sting hits the yep. Scorpion death drop. Uh, Sting then grabs the bat, uh, and he basically does with the bat to Rick Steiner. Like Scott's in between him and Rick. He kind of moves Rick or Scott out of the way with the bat and then does the same thing with the bat to Rick that he did to Lex Luger a couple weeks ago where he – pushes him forcibly with the bat back, uh, but then hands the bat to Rick and turns around. Now, it looks like Rick Steiner's going to take a swing at him, uh, but Scott Steiner steps in front of him. Uh, Scott then throws the bat down, and everyone kind of walks away. Now, all this is going on, like, on commentary. They're kind of like, oh, what, what what's the Stinger doing? So then Sting kind of wanders up the aisleway, and they're like, all right, get, get the contract ready here. He's yep, ready he to come. sign on there the dotted comes, yeah. line. Uh, so Sting gets to the top of the entranceway. He has his bat, and he points at the outsiders and Eric and then just kind of walks away. And I thought the expression that the outsiders give here is very good because mm-hmm. you can tell, like, they're – Acting was good because you could tell, like, they're a little, we don't know what's going on. Right. You know, Eric even says, like, what is that? But they kind of play it all cool. Like, immediately they clip to the front of the announce booth when Sting walks away. And and Eric's like, well, we still got him. And Hall's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's still a done deal and stuff like that. So so I like the way this was played off. Uh, Sting kind of walks up the aisle. Uh, into the crowd, and that's how the show ends. Uh, yeah, they show off the, the new outsider shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they basically shield um, their shirt. But uh, I, I thought this was a cool closing angle. Mm-hmm. I, 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 th- I didn't rank it as a match because it's really not. Yeah. But um, I, I thought there was enough here that you didn't feel like you were cheated. No, definitely. You know, not. like so so I thought this was actually a pretty neat like development thing that again I didn't really remember happened. So I I thought this was really good. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot too. 
And and making Sting in the main event made sense, like having this close the show, especially like you said, we don't have any other stars here, so who else is going to really close us out? So you have you do this big angle, Scott's back, so that's good. So you kind of get the signers reset. Um, no, I, I thought it was really well done overall. I like the teases. I thought it was kind of an intense segment. Uh, there's more mystery around it, even though Sting finally gets involved. The signers are looking to step up as leaders as well. So you know, we'll get to my grade in a minute. Like I thought overall, it's a I thought it was a low-key week nitro. Like, I think, the, you know, we talked a lot about the outsiders on commentary. It was entertaining, but I don't think we accomplished a lot. Like, I think this is one where if if this one didn't exist or if you're watching and you want to skip a couple, like, if you skip this, you might miss some entertainment, right, out of the outsiders. But I don't think you're missing much development. It's really setting up next week. And you know you're going to see the Sting thing next week a million times probably. So it's like this is really one that didn't have a lot of long-term drive into the storyline. So you may, it's just a blip on the, on the path to Stargate. Again, it's not a bad episode by any means. It's just the bar is high. And this felt like a bit of a snoozer that you could kind of take off if you wanted to, if they didn't have the outsiders come out and do the commentary, it definitely would have been much worse. Like they, they completely carry the second hour along with the Benoit match, but, and, and the same thing again was, was really good. So it's still a, a very good show. I just, I thought it was a weaker effort overall from them. And I think the, the outsider stuff masked a lot of that. Mm. All right, are you getting our rewards? Yeah, I think we're agreed on match of the night is Benoit Regal. Yep. Uh, moment I went to Sting confrontation. Yep. All right, MVP is very clearly the Outsiders. Yep. I think we hit on pretty much every commentary line possible. Um, shots fired. We had the ECW kind of cracks in there in the top five promotions, and then the clip, yep, the clip of Hogan beating up Vader. Yeah. Um, I can't. I'm shocked actually we didn't get more with them in the booth, like I, more shots at DDF, but may have kind of moved on overall from it. But you think we would have gotten more? I mean, that. there's the Ross one too, but uh, yes, yeah, the Ross one. Uh, debuts we had. I don't think we had seen Hardbody Harrison yet, have we? Uh, yeah, we've seen him. We haven't seen Casey, Casey Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Road Report with Charlotte. Uh, and final grade, I went five and a half. So again, I I liked it as a show. It was a good over average show. But it was missing the importance and the the crowd and the outsiders definitely carried it. I think it would have been sagging much more without that. But to me, those were the highlights along with the this thing stuff. I went six out of ten. I, I thought it was a better show than last week. I, I do think it's a lot of entertainment, but uh also say I thought the matches were better. Even the ones you wouldn't think, I thought they were pretty spunky. So mm-hmm. I, I was actually a little surprised. Like, I kind of thought the show wouldn't be very good. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think it was great, but for what they it carried was. It. The commentary carries it. I mean, they also, that, that, that was, yeah. like, really, really entertaining. For what it was, I thought it was a good show. Like, good crowd, too. This is what I talked about a couple months ago. I think this is another, like, heat check episode right. where it's a very inconsequential episode, probably in the scheme of things, but right. it's still good. The crowd's still hot, so yep. they're still rolling. All right, Matt, uh, let's go to our combo awards. Uh, best show, obviously Nitro. Yeah, Nitro. Uh, Benoit Regal, best match. Yep. Sting confronting the Steiners. Yep. Uh, better commentary, obviously Nitro. Yep. And the Outsider Stars. Yep. So clean sweep for Nitro tonight. Yep, and then the ratings were a little more dominant. Pretty good rating for Nitro, actually. Uh, last couple of weeks, they were at a 3-2 and a 3-1. This week, they're up to a 3-4. Uh, which is actually their best rating to the night after Starcade. So this mm. is the best rating they get. I, I, it's a little surprising the next week with the hype they've done for Charlotte. Yeah, with Piper. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, and and Raw actually was up a little bit from a two one to a two three. Um, so one point one. We should already prep this. Yeah. What was the Monday night game? Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah. Was I know. Day? We got to start two. looking at that. Well, they're almost done probably with the season, but um, let's see. So twelve two ninety six was Niners oh. crushed Atlanta. Yeah, so that is not a. I mean, the Falcons in ninety six were not. Right. So maybe that helps the bump a little bit here on both sides. Next week sucks too. Oakland kills Kansas City. Uh, December sixteenth, Miami barely beats Buffalo, and then the last one is San Fran at Detroit. <laughs> so. Falcons went three and thirteen. It's crazy they were on Monday Night Football. Well, they were good the year before, weren't they in the playoff mix the year before? Yeah, I think ninety five. They were like nine and seven. Yeah, they mm-hmm. lost to the Packers. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so that probably helped football kind of not being the best matchup, especially Nitro, if people are turning off. Um, Maybe. I mean, I, I feel like Nitro's kind of settled in. It's more yeah. – I mean, they both have now. It's really when we can look. I mean, Raw has a couple of rough episodes around the holidays. We'll have to look. <laughs> but, uh, right, right. It gets, it gets a little rough there, but we'll see. Yeah. Into 97 will be the key. And then you see, like, I mean, we're a long way away, but – we referenced it earlier, but you can see, like, when Vince has the freak out, right uh, after that raw, when you look at the ratings, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you know, it's real it's, bad, right? It's like it's, a one something, bad. right? It's like, one nine. Yeah, yeah. So they're not in the ones except for the two holiday weeks, right? Uh, ever like they were there for the ten fourteen ten fourteen ninety six night uh, raw. They were one point eight which was an awful rating. And that's the only time they've been in the ones that's been non-holiday since we started the show, I believe. One nine on the nine twenty-five. So the freak so out, it was, it was freak very out's not Germany, right? It's South Africa. It's uh Well the three three raw, I think, is the Germany, the Germany one. show. Um uh, so the next one and then it when is the South Africa one? That's like in April, I think. So I think they had already kind of changed. Okay. Well, the Germany Raw is a bad rating. I mean, that's an awful rating. I would say anything now, and and I think it's because we'll see. Like, uh, WCW does really good with their ratings, of course, right. but but there's a weird thing that happens in February. Uh, or kind of bearing the lead, but there's a weird thing that happens in February where it seems like the gap's lessening a little yeah. bit. Because right now, WCW is consistently beating them by over one point. Like if it's, well, I don't if know it's how much the lost my smile stuff and everything like pissed people off. Like it's possible they were kind of getting reinvested after the Rumble with all the stuff on top. Then Sean forfeits the bell and you know whatever. So maybe that like doesn't help, but. Yeah, because that's only a couple weeks before that Germany Raw, right. and then I, I. But I don't think the Russo switch is until full on. I think it's the South Africa one. It's a full Russo swap. They changed the feel and look after Germany, but I think it's Russo is South Africa. I believe. Right. We'll track it, but just something to keep in mind. 
All right, so we'll be back in two weeks with December 9th. That'll be the go-home for its time. So we'll look forward to that. Check out everything in North-South Connection. Both, uh, you got to check everything. Honestly, just go to northsouthconnection.com. You'll get everything there, either video or audio. Um, because we're going to be doing some stuff on the YouTube channel that may not come over to audio. It may just be video only. So keep an eye out for that. But all the big shows will be both, uh, whether it's Warzone, Knowles, Bard, War. You know, we're doing that stuff on both for right now. So check out, uh, subscribe on the audio feed. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on the website, Instagram, TikTok for Aaron's uh, figure reviews and beyond. Those are great. Instagram. So, I mean, we're everywhere. Just check us out. We appreciate all the support. Napalm. The low don't stop. Give me shouts. It's the season. Sartayas. Two players for swerving. No corners. We madness to moolah. Living with Charlie's angels on us. No smiling. We're sliding. That gets you caught up in the octa or dead for moving. It's just like that as we proceed. Saturday night special. Better take it light. Jaja, you're a happy town. Quest to the coast, the key log on wire the chain gang. Keep your ears out for our ears. Sip the fountain blue, house of bamboo, paradise. This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? The Gigi bout the sugar down, can't quit, what? Now pop the cork and see the bigger and get lit, what? This is it, what? This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? The Gigi bout the sugar down, can't quit, what? Now pop the cork and see the bigger and get lit, what? What? Falling barrels through the seas of black season.